Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and this is the second half of our Top 50 Science Fiction Films, uh, part of our quarterly countdown sort of series that we're going to do. We're going to, you know, most weeks we, we get, pick a film, we, we watch the film, we talk about the film. Uh, every few months, every three, four months, we're going to do a countdown instead. This is the second part of our sci-fi countdown. Obviously the first part's already up. This is going to be numbers 25 through number 1. Uh, nice and straightforward. We alternate. Corey gives his pick. I give my pick. We keep going. Uh, so that's that's what this is going to be. You're looking very intently. It's as if you've got something. I'm just really... uh, no. I'm just I'm just staring at my list, going. Okay, what have I got coming? <laughs> kind of remembering what I've got left. I, I, you know. I don't know. You look at me as if like we weren't recording or something. Like there's something wrong. No, no. I was. I, I've got my list over your face, so I don't have to see you. You see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it it seemed like I'd enjoy that more. Yeah, uh, and for a record, we're recording this the same night as the first half. Uh, we went and got a snack, and you know, yep. used the bathroom and all that, and then we're just back to do the rest of it. So yeah, uh, this, is, this is a gauntlet for us, even though for you, you get it in two chunks. So uh, anyway, without further ado, Connor, what is your number twenty-five? So my number twenty-five. I think this is something you mentioned uh, quite a bit earlier. This is Ex Machina. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I can't exactly remember what you mentioned about it, but for me, this is all about the performances. This lives and dies on the performances of, of the three characters. They completely take over their roles uh, and become those people, and that is what the movie is. Because without those three being fantastic, this is a shit movie. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's it. It's 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 been so good because of that, and I I really love it. just the way it goes so dark towards a point, and it goes down places you don't see. Yeah, it doesn't go where it goes in the final act is not where you I think you expect it to go based on yeah. the first two. Uh, it is well written, it's well directed, but yeah, without the good stars, without the good actors, I mean I shouldn't say stars because none of them are actually stars at the time. They're all kind of becoming stars now because of other things, but. Uh, yes, yeah. so obviously you know, Oscar Isaacs and Star Wars, as is Donald Gleeson, uh, but he's also popping up in all stuff. And then we've got Tomb Raider with uh, Vikander uh, coming out soon. Uh, that's the only thing she's in either. She's in a bunch of stuff coming out soon. Uh, they'll all be household names soon enough. Yeah, they're all kind of getting there. Oscar Isaacs probably the biggest right now, but they're all kind of inching up the way. Uh, my number 25 is one that you've mentioned, and that is a War for the Planet of the Apes. Obviously, I already mentioned the, the, the original. Uh, and I think it's quite notable that when Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first one in the new trilogy was announced, I've, I've told this story before, but my reaction to that was, huh? Why? Who wants this? Why are we making Apes movies? Like, the original is good, the sequels are kind of goofy, but, you know, there's some entertainment, but we really don't need any more. And then it came along and proved why it should exist. And then it became this trilogy, and War is such an emotional climax. I was on the edge of my seat basically throughout the entire thing when i learned that it was and i don't want to spoil anything but when i learned what the plot was sort of revolving around um i was like oh shit and then it just kept you know steamrolling from there yeah i, I have to give a lot of credit to its marketing department because it kind of just played it on tone a lot of the trailers mm. i didn't really know that much going yeah. in it kind of just unfolds in front of you if, if anything the only thing you can really say against it at least for me is uh there's not really much of a war per se like you know, the titles maybe inaccurate but other than that <laughs> that's fair yeah yeah but you know that's a, such a more, small more thing. of a, some skirmishes yeah and it, but it goes down these paths it's very emotional it's got a lot to say again like the first two did a lot of social commentary as good sci-fi does as apes 
you know, in its legacy has done. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, uh, beautiful. I think it's notable that both of us, I believe, had that above the original. Yep, I stand by yeah. that. No, me too. And I think you know, the, the original is a classic, but I think it just goes to show you what this, this new set of movies did. Yeah, I, I think it's rare that the new iterations will out, out perform the original, but this is one of these weird cases where actually, you know what, uh, kind of did. So yeah. Okay, twenty four. This is uh, another relatively recent movie. Uh, yeah, last few years recent. This is Gravity. Hmm. Uh, this is a technical showpiece, if nothing else. This is to this day. The only movie I have seen in 3D and not regretted. Oh, oh, uh, that, yeah. What a statement! I, 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 I will, I will add a caveat that I never saw Avatar in 3D. Yeah, I saw Avatar in 3D. I never regretted seeing that in 3D. Everything I tried to see in 3D after Avatar, I regretted, which was not a big list because it wasn't very long. <laughs> yeah, after after yeah. three films, you go, nah, screw this. Yeah, this this was something I didn't actually want to see in 3D. It just so happened with Showtimes that it was 3D or not, or you know, not see it. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it, and my God, it was fantastic. And this is, you know, Sandra Bullock floating around in space. Yeah, the, the only things I've seen in 3D since 2010 have been things that I either have to because it's the only option, or the Showtime's line up that it's kind of the only option for when I don't need to go. That is yeah. the only time I've done it. I, honestly, I think the only things I've seen in you know is this one, and what I think the second Hobbit movie where I wanted to see it in the higher frame rate because in the first one, my cinema didn't have the high frame rate as available. And I know, I know, you know, opinions on that, but I wanted to judge it for myself. And that was only available with 3D. So that that was the package I took that with. What did you think of the higher frame rate? It's strange. I don't inherently hate it. I'd be intrigued to see it used more and see, okay, can we, can we get to this? It's, I understand why people dislike it though. It oddly makes it look cheaper. It's weird, but it does. It does. It does. But I feel like the there are times that this could be used where it could be a you know a really good choice. I don't know what those are yet, but I hope that that didn't kill the chances of the format existing in some way. I, I don't mind if it's gone. And this is one of these things where it's, it's it's video games. I blame video games. Like video games are obsessed with as many frames as possible. Uh, but you know what? Film and video games are different formats. And that, that's the thing. It yeah. makes sense in games because it's more frames, the quicker it reacts to you. Hmm. You're the one doing it. Whereas with a movie, you just want to watch. You want it to unfold in front of you. You want it to have a different quality to just looking through your eyes because it's hmm. that filter of, oh, no, this is a movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so number 24. Uh, what was your pick there? I did gravity. <laughs> gravity, yeah. yeah, gravity's very good. Uh, it's kind of like Waterworld, but in space. Fuck <laughs> <Walk> off! <laughs> if you didn't watch the first part, you're just wondering why I just said that. But go back and watch the first part. That joke makes sense. It, it does annoyingly. It's running on. There's a running joke here. Uh, anyway, uh, not... you, you might say it's flowing. Oh, it's flowing. No, the water runs. To be fair, as well. Get, it does both. Get, yeah. get a running tap. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so my number 24, my TV's already turned off, I'm looking for the, the remote as I say this. My number 24 is Under the Skin, which is one that you already mentioned in the uh, mm, I had first it half. a little bit lower down, yeah. You did. Uh, this is a, obviously Scott Johansson, she's an alien who's landed on Earth with the goal to essentially just harvest men. 
and she's driving around Scotland in a van and basically luring them in and being like, hey, you know, I shouldn't say I'm Scarlett Johansson, but that's kind of, the, the, it's like, you know, hey, I'm an attractive lady. It, 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 yeah, and, and let's be honest, it, it works for a reason. Yeah, well, this is this is one of the things that I love that the movie does. It subverts the, you know, if a man drove up in a white van and said to a girl, hey, why come in, I'll give you a lift? The red flags, the the, the the neon glowing alarms would just be like going off everywhere. Everyone would be like, "Oh no, this is t- you know you're going to kill me," uh, but it subverts that, it reverses it, and it's like, "Oh, the man thinks he's safe because well, what can what can a woman do?" It's, it's kind of you know, it's poking at that 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 that, uh, that that arrogance almost, and it, it plays with that. And then on top of that, it's a very moody film, as you said in the first half, uh, and it's very atmospheric, and it goes down some really great ways and I, I love her, uh, its filming style it's very slow it's very quiet uh, sometimes the camera will just sit there for a long time there's a, there's a scene in a beach which is uh, like just it's like an almost standalone little scene but it's very shocking in what happens uh, and you feel the, the, the awkward tension of it and the other world nature of what's going on and it's just it's nice to watch a movie about an alien that's not you know the army try to blow things up or something else you know like yeah no i, I get it yeah. it's it's a very different sort of alien movie yeah uh i love it I, I said it was very kubrick of course uh in the first half i stand by that uh than yeah. this uh, i love it i love it uh it was 23 uh this is again something that you've mentioned a little bit earlier this is dread hmm. it just works for me on every level and yes that is rele- relevant because of the high rise but uh some Gorgeous action sequences. Uh, you know, there's one in particular going out of a, you know off the, off the floor that just stands in my mind even now, and it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but it's fantastic. Yeah, I already talked about that a lot in the, yeah. the last one, so I will move swiftly on to my number twenty-three, which is a Korean film called Save the Green Planet, uh, which also popped up in my two thousands list. Uh, if you if you recalled that one from last month. Uh, this is a science fiction film, but it's also a comedy. It's about a guy who believes yeah. the aliens have invaded, and he he solely is trying to save the world. But there is this lingering question the entire time: Is he just crazy, or is there actually aliens on Earth? Is he just a psychopath who's kidnapping people that he thinks are aliens? And you know, like that's what we're doing here. Uh, it bounces around its genres. You know, it goes from drama to comedy. You know, at the drop of a hat, is fantastic in that sense. Um, and it's again, it's social commentary. It's very touching, uh, and the, the, yeah, the ending's oddly kind of bittersweet and like oh, and you, uh, highly impressive. I highly recommend Save the Green Planet. Hmm, okay, I, I felt like I had the same reaction there as I did when you told me in the two thousands. I'm like, this sounds like a a, a different sort of movie. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I, I am intrigued in checking out at some point though. Uh, number twenty two. Yes, there we are. So this is the the next Nolan movie that I've got on here. This is Inception. And, you know, we kind of touched on the music a little bit when we when we talked about Interstellar. Prom. Yeah. But it is unfair to boil the... Even before we get on to the rest of the movie, it's unfair to boil the music down to that. Yeah, because it, it, it's got layers. Very good. You know what? I'll allow it on this one. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, time is a maybe Zimmer's finest work. I have listened to that track, I don't know how many. That that and Journey to the Line from The Thin Red Line, those two tracks from Zimmer, yeah, yeah. I have listened to but, countless times. Yeah. 
moving beyond the movie the, the music into the movie itself it gets you know as the the levels go deeper so does the movie it gets uh, you you delve away at, at, a, at a man's psyche and you know what what makes a person them and you know what 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 goes on inside your head in a very surrealist way at times it leads to a, a variety of inventive action sequences as well, because they're in different locations, yes. they're doing different things, the the rules of physics are kind of different because it's in a Yeah, and... and the way that the different layers affect each other, hmm. and the timings, the way that plays out, is used to amazing effect. It's a movie with a lot of ideas. Uh, which it is, is maybe, maybe, but it pulls most of them off. Which is maybe its fault, because I think one of the legitimate complaints that people have about Inception is that the first half is a lot of exposition to explain all the crap that we're going to be doing in the second half, which is fair. Uh, I, is. I, I don't think it holds it back, but it is a fair comment to make. Um, I will say that the the ending, which is what time plays over, is one of my favourite endings of uh, recent cinema. Yeah, I know uh, some people really don't like it, but... Oh, I love it. Them. Yeah, I love it. Uh, my number 22 is one you've mentioned already, and that is Her. Uh, which is obviously Joaquin Phoenix falling in love with his uh, operating system on his phone, which is Scarlett Johansson's voice. And I love it because it really... It's a really personal film where you feel his loneliness. You feel the... Like, you know, there's moments where he's just lying in bed alone at night and he starts talking to her. And you feel the, like, almost the happiness that he has because he's got someone to talk to and... uh, it's uh, depressingly relatable <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think anyone who's ever felt lonely will, you know, w- watch this, and there'll be moments that will stand out from, you know, certain scenes where you go, "Oh, I've kind of been in that situation when it's, I felt lonely." It's why I said it's so believable. Yeah, that it happens. It's oddly believable given the out- out- outrageous concept at, at its core. Yeah, uh, but it is a fantastic film. I I, I love it. I love uh, where it goes. Surprised me, but it actually works when you get there. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot to say again like, I think I said this when you mentioned it but it has, it has a lot to say about relationships and how the, the pressure we put on ourselves uh, to, to, to you know to, to fit into these boxes that society says oh you've got to find someone you've got to be a couple and if you don't have that you're this but then there's the real part of it where you actually do feel lonely and you want someone and like you know yeah. what you know, uh, it plays with all those things and then you've got you know uh, Chris Pratt's in a small role in this before he became Chris Pratt Yes. Uh, now, to, to be fair, I knew who he was because I like Parks and Recreation, which he was on. But this was before he became the movie star, Chris Pratt. Yes. Yeah. The the cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, where he joined all the other Chrises of the Marvel universe, uh, those being Chris Evans and Chris uh, Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, and of course, if you want to throw in Chris Pine, who's Steve Trevor. I mean, he's not Marvel, but no, no. But your your, your quadrilogy of Steves that that Steve, you said you've just done that to me. You said Steve Trevor, Chris's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got a lot of Chrissies, uh, and you know they're they're all absurdly handsome. It's just, it's kind of unfair. It's it, it is unfair, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it. if you want to give your kid a better chance in life, call him Chris. Call him Chris. All right, well, show number twenty one. Uh, my twenty one. Uh, this is Terminator Two. Hmm. Yeah, which uh, I'm sure you'll have in a bit. So you know, I'll leave your your thoughts for then. But this is how you do a sequel, essentially. This is you take expectations and you subvert them and you do something different. And I think that's to its credit. On that subject, anyone who's just writing off Avatar 2, maybe think about that a little bit. Just just before you write it off. That's all I'm saying. 
No, no, I get what you're saying. I, <laughs> but I, I'm not too, too keen on the first one of those. So That's, I mean, I, I like it well enough, but I'm just saying, no one does a sequel to James Cameron. That's all I'm saying. No, no, I can't argue with that. He he knows how to make a sequel interesting. Because mm. it's very common for a sequel to just go, it's the same thing, but bigger, or it's the same thing, but with a different character. You know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. very common ideas. This is, no, 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 let's take the idea and flip it on its head. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, that is to its, its credit, yeah. Yeah, so. Some great set pieces too. Well, that was a little bit low, but I feel like you'll think my, my next one's a little bit low as well. <laughs> oh, oh dear. My number 21. I know, I'm going to hate you. I know what this is going to be, I think. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, in, as in Star Wars, you know, not before it was called A New Hope, all that nonsense. Uh, do, do you know what crushes me most about this? Mm-hmm. Is I know that's your favourite of the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Empire wasn't far off. To, to Full disclosure, it didn't miss by much. Right? It was, it was in the 50s. Uh, but uh, this is my favourite. And it's, it's kind of... Star Wars for me, and what I like about the original, is because of characters, it works best when it's been an adventure. I like the idea that all this history is there, but it is gone. Like you know, I I I, I always kind of just get bored when the Jedi actually exist as a thing. You know, like you know, whenever the, in the prequels or even like I played a little bit in the Old Republic and I was enjoying that game well enough. It's a decent little game, uh, but decent little game. God, this prick till, clearly didn't get to to the twists. I I I, I, I didn't know. Uh, maybe I will one day. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it when I was playing it, but. You know, actually having the Jedi Republic and Council and everything else, like, that, that stuff kind of bores me. I don't really care. Uh, it's the interaction with Luke, Leia, and Han. It's those, those characters, it's, it's that trio. Um, and Empire's a great movie, but Empire does kind of split, you know, look away from the team a little bit. It does, yeah. Um, and there's something simpler about the plot of just going to get the... Uh, the you know just going to the Death Star and like you know getting the information and saving Leia and getting out and you know having the big final you know uh, it's very swashbuckling isn't it? It is to an extent, yeah. And I, I think I just I like that sense of adventure, and I think that's what Empire doesn't have for me, which is why I put this one over it. Even though I think Empire is still very good, I, I think I think Return Return of the Jedi is easily the weakest of the three for me. Uh, for a few reasons, uh, it's still good. It's not like a bad movie, but the, the, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a, like a step down uh, compared oh, to the first two, that. which have their you know their their, their status as being some of the best yeah. movies ever made. Uh, but of course, anyone who knows me d- does know I have I have a problem that has become of the franchise of Star Wars and the the cult like devotion that it is that is uh, garnered. Yeah, it's, but uh, that's not what we're here to argue. It's this not, is why I, it's I, I brushed over Rogue One because that's not what tonight's about. <laughs> but uh, I, I do love the the, the first one, um, and uh, yeah. So so the idea of the history of the Jedi, but it's something that's long gone, and you're tapping into it. But you've got the, the one guy left who might be able to do that. Uh, yeah. Is 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 what, what I really like about it, and I like Obi Wan, and obviously he's not in the others really. You know, outside of a little Force Ghost cameo or whatever. Uh, oh, no, I don't know. I get you. So, so no, uh, and it's actually it's why. Uh, like, I mean, I think Last Jedi has a lot of other problems, but I think the core reason why I didn't enjoy that one as much is because again, it split up all its characters. At least in Empire, uh, Han and Leia stayed together for the most part. So that was yeah. you still had that banter between those. But you know, Last Jedi, you know, all three of the characters you like, they're all separate and doing different things. And yeah, no, that's true. It's a it's a it's a valid 
a complaint. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a personal preference more than... Uh... It, it's not objectively bad, but it's, it's, it's a valid reason to dislike it. I, I do think what a lot of those characters are doing throughout the film are objectively bad, but they didn't have to be. They could, they could still have that problem for me where they're split up, but the, the plots themselves could be good. Yeah. Like yeah, that, that is that, possible. I just don't think it, it was. But anyway, Star Wars twenty one. Okay, so twenty. If you recall, at the start of this first video, I said you know there was at least two movies on my list that we had done on Influx this year that we'd both seen for the first time, and you couldn't recall what the second one was. This is it now. This is the original Ghost in the Shell. Ah, uh, okay. I'm wondering what, what what what's so funny here? You you, you trying to figure out what it was before me? No, no. Uh, you seem to think I'd forgotten. I hadn't forgotten. It just didn't make my list. No, no. I didn't <laughs> think you'd forgotten it. I just yeah. you, when you were trying to think what it could be. Okay, yeah. You'd, you'd forgotten what it was there. Clearly. Yeah, I can I can suss it at that yeah, point. No. Yeah. No, I loved this movie. I thought it was fantastic. This is how you do action sequences in animation for a start. And, I mean, even Peter here, who is famed for hating anime, liked this movie. That That is saying something. It's it's a, it's a very quiet movie for a lot of it. It, it. it takes its time and breathes and lets its set pieces happen. It doesn't just throw in shouting dialogue over the top of it. It lets the emotional beats just land. And I love it. That's pretty good. <laughs> No, I like it. I style. It looks good. I like the visuals. I like to say the action's very good. Great uh, score. Really good score. I like the themes it was playing with. Uh, I like the main character. Uh, my, my only main criticism was how the, 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 the rush kind of ending, where it just kind of felt yeah. like it suddenly stopped, and it didn't feel like it actually reached the climax. Uh, uh, that, yeah, that, and that, it, that, that, that stands. And it, it, it did lead to a, a series, I believe, so obviously the, there's something there in that, but uh, as a movie, it, it does suffer a little bit for that, but no, I, I liked it way more than I was expecting. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's way better than the live action. I think it, it's the only anime movie I have on here, not to spoil anything. I, I, you know, I really wanted to put Akira on. It came close. It was in the, 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 the high 50s. Yeah, I tried watching that once. <laughs> yeah, no. It was, it was there, and like right at the bottom of the list until I started remembering some other stuff at last minute. I was like, oh, no, no, that's got to be on there. So, sorry, you're going. Hmm. Uh, my number 20, uh, we're back to something else I've mentioned a few of so far, and that is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. Uh, this, I mean, Rise was very good. Rise surprised me in so many ways that I was actually excited for the next one. Matt Reeves directed uh, War and Dawn, and... Dawn just completely like Dawn is a fantastic modern piece of science fiction filmmaking. Yeah, uh, obviously, Arrival is a great example, which Connor brought up in the last part, um, and there's a few others, of course, as well. But I, I think Dawn is is one of the best in terms of like pure social commentary, in terms of that type of science fiction. But what makes it really great is that it's all about the the build to when because you know it's all about trying to build a truce between the apes and the humans you know the humans have been diminished to just you know x amount of people left and the apes have got their 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 society and it's you know it's flourished and you have characters who you like on both sides you have people you don't like on both sides and it's all heading to a tragedy but you care about them so much that you're desperate for them not to you want them to work it out you care 
and your heart sinks it, when it does fail, and it just oh, it's, it's, it's one of those rare occasions where you truly rooting for both sides. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's characters you care about on both sides. Yeah. Um, and as we said, the effects. I mean, arguably they were up to getting a little bit for war. It wasn't a huge leap, certainly, because I, I didn't go into that and be like wowed the same way I was. Not because it'd gotten worse, just because no, this is as good as Dawn, if not maybe a little bit better. But yeah, uh, fantastic. The uh, photo real for the most yeah. part. There's one or two things that maybe stick out as being not 100% perfect, but it's... It was definitely the snub of the year, that not winning its oh, visual God. effects. What won that year? Do you happen to I, I, I don't even know, but I know it wasn't this because I remember thinking yeah. that it lost, and I don't understand how. Whatever it was, it was wrong. I always remember, actually, not, not that Transformers is a great movie, but I remember that losing to the Golden Compass for visual effects the year it came out, and just being like, really? what? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was I mean, Compass because that's a big bear in it, right? A big weight uh, bear. Yeah, big polar bear. Yeah. Yeah, that one that that beat the Optimus Prime effects and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, that bear looks pretty good, but really, Tran- Transformers was pretty next level at the time. For, for its out. time, yeah. Like, I mean, I say for its time, it's only a decade old, but and you know, I think that first movie is pretty good. It's okay, but I mean the effects. If you're judging the effects, oh, the effects were great for its time. Absolutely, no, yeah. no arguing on that. Uh. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that was my 20. Hmm. Yeah, okay, 19. It's funny how this is back-to-back with my 20, because this is the other movie that you were expecting that we covered on Influx. This is Stalker, <laughs> which we, we talked about a lot earlier, of course, uh, in the last video. Oh, boy, so many ideas, so many thoughts. We watched this what, a couple of months ago now, and it's still in my head. Of you know every you know every so often I'll see oh oh yeah I watch that and I'll go oh but and it, another thought will pop into my head even now, and the fact that it's doing that to me months later is why this is so high. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's just fantastic. If you like to think about your movies, this stalkers you know. Uh, yeah, but again, very art house. I think I said that last. It time. is yeah yeah be be warned, but I, uh, and just something we, you didn't mention in the other half is I love the way it uses color. And, and the palette to designate areas and times. Mm. It's uh, really clever. Oh, it's good. Um, we had a good conversation on the review, actually, about why it was in 4x3. Uh, yeah, because we were actually kind of going, hmm, well, I'm feeling this at certain points. And then we kind of talked through why these might be. And um, by the time we'd sussed it out, it was like, oh, okay, I like it. it made, yeah, it made sense. Like We actually sussed out why the director <laughs> made that choice. Because it wasn't the force yeah. 4x3. He, he had the choice to make it 4x3. Absolutely. And yeah. that was that was an interesting discussion. So uh, I do recommend watching it, and I do recommend checking out our conversation after you do. Uh, my number 19 uh, is fairly recent, and that is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, which I do think is the best Mad Max movie. Uh, I, I, I'm spoiling that now because I've already said Road Warrior before, and that's the only one that should have beat it. I mean, I've not seen three, but by by all accounts, yeah. But, but yeah, by all accounts, yeah. two is the only one that could maybe it's either two or Fury Road, depending on your taste. That is, yeah. Uh, Fury Road. Uh, I, I hold this dear because for months Matt said he didn't like the look of it, and I told him stop being an idiot. You're going to love it. And he he kept he was persistent, and then he finally went to see it, kind of begrudgingly, and he's like, "Okay, I was wrong about Fury Road." For some reason, based on the trailers, he just didn't think it looked that good. And I was like, "I don't know what you're seeing, Matt. We're looking at different trailers. You're, this is insane." Uh, it's a fantastic action movie. Uh, it's, the entire thing is one big car chase. Uh, again, I love a simple. You can almost call it a gimmick, but I love a simple thing like that. Where okay, we're going to frame the movie around this one core idea that the entire thing is a car chase. 
and it's great. You, you know, Tom Hardy plays Mad Max. He hardly has any lines. Charlie Theron uh, plays Furiosa. She's great. It actually has a really good, solid sort of core, like you know, moral story to the center of it. Mm. Um, and the characters grow with with little dialogue, and it's full of great practical. I mean, obviously some CG helping things out, but a lot of practical stunts. It's and, mostly practical, from what yeah. I can see. There's obviously there's a a particular thing that is CG enhanced at the very least. Oh yeah, I, I think. Um, just, I, I think simple things like the stunts themselves are mostly practical, but the backgrounds might actually be CG because to do the stunts, to, you know, like, you know, maybe it's not just an open desert, like, to, depending no, on no, the stunt. No, no, but that's fair. I do know for a fact they were out in the desert a lot. Oh, they I remember, were. I remember that, when this came out, they hate, all the cast hated each other by the time they were done, didn't they? Well, that's the thing. This movie got delayed multiple times uh, because they had to wait for the desert to be usable because they wanted yeah. to shoot it out there. Uh, but I'm just thinking, like, if there's times where they had to have, like, a safety truck behind them or something in a certain scene, that's the sort of thing where, okay, CG was used to, you know, yeah. take and things th- out. There's a there's a storm where they CG in some glorious colour. Oh, sure, absolutely, yeah. And it looks amazing. And it's one of the things, I know there's the the black and white edition, what do they call it, black and chrome. Mm. And blood and chrome. Blood and chrome, uh, whatever, a, you know. know. Something like that. And I'm going, okay, I get the appeal, but, man, you lose some stuff like that. I'm just like, it's not, it wouldn't be the same. That said, I have one critique of this, because the music's great as well. Uh, John KXL, who unfortunately is kind of slid in my eyes, because, or my ears, I should say, uh, because of his co-work on Batman v Superman, but the score in Mad Max Fury Road is fantastic. Oh, uh, great, yeah, I, I still listen to it. Yeah, uh, as do I. Uh, Redemption is the track that I love to go back to. Um, but... Uh, the, the one legitimate complaint I could have is there's, there's some, for some reason, there's some, there's some day for night stuff uh, around two thirds into the movie, and it looks like crappy day for night, like just tinted blue mm. bollocks, and it looks so. It looks like something that was made in the seventies when they thought they could get away with it, and I guess it's to do with the fact that they didn't want to shoot in the desert at night for you know, yeah, a number of reasons I imagine. It, it gets cold as balls. That'll be one of them, no doubt. Uh, but it looks, and I, I just wonder that that's probably the one thing that really benefits from the black and white is that's probably not as obvious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, uh, that, that's that's fair in that sense, but uh, no, Fury Road, fantastic. Uh, well, I, and this is why twenty sixteen felt really shit for blockbusters, because twenty fifteen was actually pretty good. And it, it's funny, you know, we just talked about how uh, Apes was snubbed. This kind of swept uh, at the awards. This did fantastic, better than anyone expected. Yeah, it was, it was mostly the technical Te- stuff. Sure, but, but even yeah. like, it was getting nominations and other things that people weren't expecting, and it right, was cleaning so. up. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, what's your eighteen? Uh, my eighteen. You might you might consider this too low. I'll warn you now. All right. This this is Serenity. I know it's too low because I have a sneaking suspicion. I know where it places on your list, and I won't let mm-hmm. you know. I won't go on too long now because I know you'll want to speak about it properly at length in its <laughs> deserved spot as you so see it. But this is, of course, the the capping off and conclusion to firefly which of course was cancelled and uh, get your get your reference in go on oh yeah i mean it was made by joss Whedon, who also did dollhouse okay you're saving it all right it's fine <laughs> I, 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 I knew you were i just thought i forced you into it i'll steal that for away from you at least but no no okay fine you prick but no I, this is i think you forget movie. i think you're forgetting the episode of streams that i did with tim about i know what you did last summer which said michelle geller's in and I kept referencing other things she was in all, all episode, and I didn't say Buffy. I think you're forgetting I never listened to that. 
you should go listen. You'd probably get a kick out of it. <laughs> I probably would actually. Because I, I kept phrasing it like I was going. I was like, oh, it's from the from the hit movie, uh, Cruel Intentions, and you know, it's very good. Also a good movie, but uh, well, 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 oh, Serenity, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is a great movie. There is no no doubt about it, and it is an emotional journey, being that it is this this capper to this story that shouldn't really exist, but it does somehow. It's here. It it made it and I, I honestly don't know quite how it exists even now even though i know the story like i know the details it, it just seems like this never happens in these stories you know something gets cancelled you know oh, we'll continue it it's usually okay we'll give you a book we'll give you a comic we'll give you a something how often does it go all right we'll get a movie it seems so rare and it's it's pretty special more on this one layer i know i know that's fine go on my number 18, the cat's distracting me. He's, he's over here, like he's right in the camera. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, you had to redo that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, my number 18 is actually one you've mentioned already. It, it is Brad Bird's best film, The Iron Giant. Second best. Best film. Uh, this <laughs> this is, uh, as we said before, it's a kid who befriends a giant robot uh, from a, an alien planet and basically teaches him about Superman and about how he can choose to you know, be who he wants to be. And it's got a very touching moral centre. Uh, it is everything that I love about Brad Bird and why I want him to make a Superman movie someday. Uh, oh, I'd love that touching characters and you know he proved he can do live action Mission Impossible 4 is the best Mission Impossible movie and it's not even close in my opinion uh, I haven't seen past like two or three I definitely saw two I don't know if I saw three or not no, uh, I, no. I, keep, I keep planning on oh, I'll watch them when the next one comes out and then yeah. I never do they get better but, after two admittedly three's better I know, than two and then I know I, I keep going pretty good. I, I thought one was alright two was bad don't get me wrong yeah. but one was alright and I keep going, oh, I'll watch them when the next one comes out, and I just don't. And maybe this time I'll do it. We've got another one coming soon. We do. we got Mission Impossible 6 coming this year. And, and maybe I'll do it. But Mission Impossible Fallout, not. yeah. Uh, but no, Iron Giant's, Iron Giant's touching. Uh, it's emotional, uh, beautiful animation. Uh, there's, there's almost not a frame of it. You couldn't just like pause and print it out and put it on the wall. Yeah, like, it's gorgeous. It's just this great stuff, uh, and it's exactly what I want in a in a kids movie. I mean, it's it's not quite like a Stranger Thing eighties thing, but I mean, it's set in the fifties. It's but I must mention that it's set uh, in a time period, and but it does have that like one soul kid kind of version of that where he is him against the world and he yeah. befriends a giant. So uh, I highly recommend the Iron Giant. I love it. We did an influx in this, of course, and I praised it uh, <laughs> at length. And and to be fair, I also praised it at length, just not quite as long. Yes. It's very good. What's your 17? Uh, my 17 might be controversial, actually. Mm. Not because of what it is or wh why it's on the list, because I think that's a safe inclusion for many people. Curious. But the fact that it is above an earlier movie will be controversial. This is The Terminator. The, the, the first one, not Terminator. You know, above Terminator 2, which to many people is just wrong. I get it. I said Terminator 2 is, is a masterclass in how to make a sequel, but I still prefer the first one. I still prefer the, the Terminator being the Terminator, you know, just stalking through the presence, the mood. It works for me more on a taste level. I love it. More on this one later. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm obviously going to have Terminator, so I'm no, fine. No, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, the, the inclusion yeah. isn't controversial, but yeah. it being above two is where I feel like a lot of people will give me shit. Yeah, they're both too low. Uh, number 17, uh, my number 17, uh, more specifically, is The Truman Show. Hmm. Which is a film where Jim Carrey, uh, Jim Carrey, I got two Jim Carrey movies. Look at that. Yeah, well, uh, I don't have any. Jim, Jim Carrey uh, does not realise that he is living in a reality TV show. There's basically a big dome uh, with a fake town inside it where he lives, and he's been there since a baby. And everyone else in his life is an actor, and people watch his life every day. This was made in 1999, so it's kind of before the real reality TV boom. Yeah, it was right at the right at the start of it. Right at the cusp of it, yeah. But it, or 1998, sorry, and it had been the yeah. So it had been written, starting you know, written probably in 96, 95. I mean, is it even based on a book? It might be. But the point being is that it's definitely a forward-thinking kind of like sort of. It's almost like a uh, very. It's, it saw where the curve was going. Yeah, but yeah, but sci-fi often does that. But what I'm saying is that it's right before the time. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's like, well, well, that's what I mean. Sometimes when I say, "Oh, it's forward thinking," like they're kind of just projecting ideas that we kind of get to later. Whereas this is, no, no, no. They see reality TV. They go, "Okay, I see where that's going." Yeah. And I feel, and then I go from there. But it's basically that, and he he slowly discovers, of course, that something's not quite right. That he starts to notice things. He starts to see things, and he starts to sort of test it and see if he can get out. And it all kind of builds up. Ed Harris is in it as well. He plays like the guy who runs the show. So he's essentially God in his world. It's, it's, it's it plays with all these great ideas. Uh, and they're in the moon, by the way. Everyone who runs the show, it's like the command center, is in the moon. Because that's just where the base is. <laughs> it's sure. in the sky. Wow. Uh, but it's great. Uh, no, it's a touching story. Uh, it's really well acted. I, I remember being disappointed when I saw this as a kid because it was a Jim Carrey movie and I thought it was going to be a comedy because he's Jim Carrey. Uh, but uh, as an adult and as I grew up and a teenager and I revisited it, I discovered a fantastic sort of low-key science fiction film that was full of a lot of ideas that are very relevant still. Uh, you know, jokes about product placement, j- jokes about how uh, dramas manufactured, jokes about how people like view things because it, it occasionally cuts to people at home watching the show and their reactions to things. Uh, so there's very you know there's satire in there, uh, but no, uh, it's great. I love it. Uh, but it's got some hopeful messages as well. Uh, you know, amongst the uh, the more sort of critical elements of its satire. But hey, Truman Show, I recommend it. Cool. My number 16 is Midnight Special. This is a relatively recent movie from a couple of years ago. I'm not going to guess the, the year on this one. I thought you were going to fill me in, but fine. Just leave me hanging. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2015 or 16. I wasn't entirely sure. but Oh, that, that's, why, that's why you didn't jump in on this one. Well, yeah. if I don't know, I don't bring it up like an idiot. Yeah, I know, but I thought I thought you would jump in. I thought you knew. So, you know, God damn it. You're supposed to have my back on this. But anyway, this is a great movie. This is about a kid with powers and his father taking him somewhere on a journey. And I feel it, like you're avoiding something thinking it's a spoiler, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, that depends. I think from the trailer I knew like what you're avoiding. You sure? I'm pretty sure. See, I don't remember the trailers well I, enough. I remember going into it knowing what you're avoiding. But, I mean, it's fair enough. You can dodge it. It's fine. Yeah, but... yeah. I've been, I've been considerate, yeah. just in case someone didn't see it. And th- this is, yeah, okay, so this is the story of what, what are we, we going to do with this kid? He's got these powers. He's, you know, he's, he's struggling to control them. 
he has to, you know, he can only come out at night because the sun kind of triggers him a bit. And it has a, a great atmosphere because of that. There's always, you know, boarded up windows, tiny mm. slits of light here or there. It's, it's, it's very much electric lights everywhere. And, you know, you, of course, there is a, a chase, you know, there's the people want the kid and you know, all sorts. And where it goes at the end is somewhere I didn't see going at all. But I think it's really fascinating. It really opens it up in a way that on a rewatch makes it really interesting. I, I don't know if you've watched it more I than haven't, once. I haven't, I haven't seen it again since I saw it. I did like it a lot, but I haven't seen it again since. And uh, it has beautiful music that I still listen to probably every month or so. It's a surprisingly pretty good Superman movie, even though it's not Superman. And on top of that, it kind of harkens back to... It could almost be like a spiritual sequel to something like Starman, or um, I'm trying to think of some other things that sort of have a similar tone, uh, but it kind of fits into that vibe. Yeah, uh, and I like obviously Michael Shannon's that he's the dad, he's he's the one doing all the the stuff. Uh, but no, no, I I, I will concur. Uh, it even has some similar things uh, to uh, to Flight of the Navigator in a little a kind of a way. It, it just oh, in the really? sense that you've got these government stooges and scientists who want them. And they're, they're yeah ch- okay yeah. i get you yeah you've got that because there's a that, whole that's thing. it's a very common idea especially of things from the 80s i feel yeah uh, uh but this plays it in in a very serious way it's oh no no this is a threat rather than just okay this is something fun to escape from yeah uh as much as i, I joked about it being kind of a superman movie they actually bring up superman like, I, I went into it think i thinking about superman and then they actually brought up superman in it <laughs> no no was... no they, they do they kind of teach the kid about superman yeah. so again we, we talked about the iron giant how he you know, teaches the Iron giant to be like superman does the same here my number 16 is the abyss now, I don't know how much of this is going to be me complaining that there's no proper way of watching this right now, but I'll get to that in a minute. The Abyss uh, is a James Cameron film. This is what he, he made um, between uh, Aliens and Terminator 2. So this is a bit of a, a, an interesting era for, for James Cameron in his career, where he's knocking out these films. It's mostly set at an underwater base. Uh, it's like a mining operation or something underwater. And there's basically weird stuff starts happening and they encounter aliens and there's something strange going up on the surface as well that they're not really sure about and uh a lot a lot of it is about ed harris who's the who's the main character has that name again uh, and his ex-wife who's like down here as well she comes down uh which he's not very thrilled about uh michael bean's in it as well another camera and regular so you got all these characters and they're investigating this thing and it actually has uh sort of the prototype uh, CG that would later become the T-1000. Like, there's like a water thing that happens at one point and it's like, you know, it's like 1989 and there's this like CG like water face thing that happens at one point and then like, I'm sure at the time it blew people's minds because it like, I mean you watch it, it now and it's like, yeah, anything can do that now. But Is this one he does a lot of filming underwater? Because obviously oh, yeah. he, he, he worked on that and I know he's planning on using that technology again for the Avatar sequels. Yeah, there's a lot of underwater stuff, a lot of in- underwater miniatures for the, the base and stuff and all that. Yeah. Uh, really memorable, likeable characters for the most part. Uh, I will say this, there is the, the theatrical cut and then there's the special edition cut, which is basically the director's cut. Uh, watch the director's cut, do not watch the theatrical one. What it cuts out of the of the theatrical of, of the, the, the the full version and the theatrical cut is like because I, I, I saw the theatrical first not knowing and I liked the movie quite a bit and then I watched the the full version and I couldn't believe what they cut out 
Like, mm. I was gobsmacked when they took out the third act. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, but there's a great moments of tension. It's got a really good human human story to it. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's got that kind of magical vibe towards the end when you realise what's kind of going on and uh, the, the heartfelt message at the end. Uh, and as I was alluding to, uh, currently... There is no HD version of this. There's not even an anamorphic standard definition version of this. The DVD that you can still, that is still the newest version that is available, is non-anamorphic from the Laserdisc, and it looks like absolute crap on any TV that's like big enough by like today's standards. This is the the main reason I haven't watched this because mm-hmm. I look at it and go, I could watch it, but what if they bring out a better version? And I want to you know save myself for that now. It looks like absolutely like it's so frustrating. Let, let's be honest. The day this comes out in a real format that we're we can it. actually enjoy, yeah. it's going to be a flux. That, yeah. that I mean, instantly, right? Immediately, yeah, we're doing it because I've I've not watched it in over like fifteen years now. Because even even you know just even like a decade ago, it was already looking crap compared to yeah. like what I was watching, and it was like it was just too hard to watch it anymore. Uh, it's just you know, it's so it's, low. It's the reason I can't bring myself to do it because I'm like, I don't want to ruin what is potentially an amazing movie with a shitty version. Yeah. And it, I mean, like whenever it pops up in like a streaming service, it's usually, it'll technically be in HD, but it's just upscaled from this crappy yeah. version. So, uh, it's not worth checking out on there, unfortunately. So I, I wait, I'm laying in wait for Cameron to approve the, the 4k remaster that'll save us from our doom. I'm well, what what for year it. did this come out in? Do you know? 89. It's a good right, year. Well, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, may, maybe next year. Oh yeah, 30th anniversary. That makes a lot of sense. Which, by the way, we're still waiting on a HD of True Lies while we're on the subject. Just, you know, just we're on the subject of James Cameron. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's get on this, man. Movies. You've got enough money. Do it. Oh, yeah, but I, I hope, I hope, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, and I, I love the set. I love the underwater vibes. It's, it's got that kind of uh, not horror, but it, 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 you, you could set it's a horror cool. movie here. Like you, you could. It's yeah. dark. You know, it's just the, the the blue glow of the lights that are down in the station. Uh, I love it. It's great. Um, yeah, and Ed Harris is great, of course, uh, as is a lot of the other cast. So, uh, what's your number 15? Uh, my number 15 is one we've actually already talked about quite a bit. This is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's significantly higher than, than the others, I think, even even though I think War is excellent and, you know, it, it really hit the emotional climax of the trilogy. This is the high point. This is the movie that that defines maybe the the Planet of the Apes series now for me. Hmm. Uh, I think it's the the one that go. Yeah, you, know, you can kind of skip over, right? You shouldn't. It's still a good movie, but this is the one. You, if you want people to go, okay, you you watch a movie. This is the one you can just hand to them. There's actually nice callbacks in both the second and the third movies to the first one, so I wouldn't recommend skipping it. But no, no, I wouldn't either. Uh, but it's, it's really good anyway. It's just not as amazing as the other. Uh, I agree, Don was highest, obviously, but uh, not as maybe by much of a leap as, as you are saying. No, no, That's, uh, I'll be honest. I might change. I said at the start of the first uh, first video, I think that I back and forth on this list mm. all all day. You ask me tomorrow, I might have them closer, but. All right, my number 15 is one you've already brought up, and that is Gravity. Uh, mm. A movie that I have seen get some shit from various people who don't think it has much of a plot or whatever. For me, this is a, a really simple, very, extremely well-executed uh, you know, thriller in space, a science fiction kind of... Uh, you know, it's just this one person trying to survive and you know get to the, the little... Like station or get to the little ship and like try and find a way to get yeah. back to Earth. It's, it's funny because you said you know when we talked about 
Mad Max Fury Road, it's a gimmick, but that's okay with you. You know, you're 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 like if you do a gimmick and make it work, that's fine. That's all you need sometimes. If anything, I like that more sometimes because it's it's like they're saying no no. That's what I like about bottle movies, not because I always bring that up. But I, yeah. I love that we're saying, no, this whole thing is just set in one room. All right, how, how do you do it's that? It's a challenge, isn't yeah. it? And, and if you can make that work, it's it's skill and talent. I think that you know to to go on here that that's the same thing here. Gravity is essentially <laughs> it's it's a gimmick, and it's a, a gimmick that works. And you know the, the cat is really distracting. <laughs> he's right up in the face of the camera now do you know what the worst part is I've got my list kind of right in the middle of his face so I've just got ears <laughs> popping out from the side of my list I'm like what's going on no Gravity is great I love the music so much um, yeah, I love Stephen the... Price does a phenomenal score I love the ending I love the, the human story at the, the heart of it uh, it's arguably not super deep but it's just enough it's just enough to give it this this arc that makes it work but it's, it's this thrilling uh you know, and it's it's the ultimate kind of on your own because being on your own in space where it's a vacuum is like is about as on your own as you could possibly be, where everything feels. And I know people who are really good with physics, and you know, people I'm sure people who work at NASA think this is a comedy because of some of the things that happen in it. I know, I know. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, did a breakdown thing, and he said, "You know what? It takes some liberties, but it's pretty good." Yeah, but some people are really sticklers for it. You know, really hate certain things. Like you know, technically th- that velocity shouldn't be there because of this. You know, and so on and. Uh, you know what? I love it. It's a thrill ride. I saw this three times at the theater. Um, I, I, I keep going back, and it was all two D, by not, the way. But not in three D. That's the key thing. Not in three D. You missed out. Honestly, you missed out. I don't know. I don't know if I would have felt that way. But hey, what's your fourteen? Uh, my fourteen. I guess this is where my list starts to get a bit more predictable and boring. Uh, this is Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're at, we're at Star Wars is. I'm so shocked. <laughs> hey, give me peace. My God, that is really distracting. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, Return of the Jedi. I love this movie. It's This is, in the same way we were talking about you know, war uh, being weaker than dumb, but it's the, it's the emotional climax. This is the same with Return of the Jedi. This is the climax of the, of the trilogy. This is where, no, no, this is the payoff. This is where this comes down to it and... I care about these moments, these decisions, because of these characters. Yes, it's inherently a little bit weaker than the the other two in the trilogy. Not disputing that, but I really do love it. And and part of this is, you know, you, there's been a few here. There's nostalgia. I grew up with this. I watched this a lot as a kid, a lot, and I will still watch it happily right now. The the, the these movies are something that I will watch so often, probably every year and not get bored and see something new every time. And honestly, the final confrontation bet- between you know between Luke and Vader is is just special. Hmm. Uh, obviously, didn't make my list. Um, I think the the dip to this is like I don't think there's a dip between Don and War of the Apes. I just think Don's just that bit more fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, whereas I do think there's a dip to Return of the Jedi. I think the middle of the movie is a bit more of a Ah, oh, we're wandering around the jungle, jungle, Ewoks, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, the opening is very strong. The the final is very strong. But, you know, the middle is a bit, you know, when we're on the planet. It's, and... fair. it's definitely the weakest section of the movie. I still like it a lot, but it is the weakest section. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're about to be roasted and whatnot. I, I use, I'm usually just kind of a bit, bit bored during that. You, you're not a fan of the Ewoks? I don't hate them, but, like, I don't like that part of the movie. 
That's fair. I feel like most people have a really strong opinion on Ewoks. It's like, yeah, I love Ewoks, or you know, they they hate the little bastards. I don't hate them. I just I'm just not that interested in the plot with them really all no, that much. Um, but hey, uh, so so yeah, so that's your what was that? Fourteen. Fourteen. My number fourteen is Jurassic Park. Uh, we, we've been writing up music a lot, obviously. Like, mm. yeah. Uh, William's second best uh, score by my money. Do you know what? I don't. I'd have to say, I, uh, you know, <laughs> you know how I said oh, I've been tinkering for hours with this sci-fi yeah. list. I would spend days tinkering with Williams' list. Hey, that, maybe that's a sign that one of these countdowns someday should be top fifty scores. But uh, oh, that's harsh. That, that'll be that'll be one to do at the time. Mm, uh, okay. Given how much we talk about music, though, I feel like it's a. It would be appropriate, although yeah. I, I, oh, that would be a. I mean, uh, how how much Williams would there be in that list? Yeah, I'd be worried there'd be so much Zimmer and Williams <laughs> that it would look really weird because it would be so lopsided to like two or three people. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but hey, uh, so yeah, Jurassic Park. Uh, I don't have to say a lot about this, do I? <laughs> like, it's it's Jurassic Park. Bit of trivia. I've probably brought this up before, but this is the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Really? Do you want, do you want a fun fact of what mine was? I bet this is shit. Go on. It, it, no, no, you're gonna love this. Oh, Lost World. No, no, no. All oh, no. right, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Caveat: It's the first movie I remember seeing in the cinema. Uh huh. Okay. I mean, I, I was probably taken to some before, but I don't remember them. Star Wars Phantom Menace. Genuinely the first movie I remember in a cinema. This explains so much. No wonder you're such a <laughs> social reject. This is this explains so much. Look, I'm not defending that movie. It's not it's clearly not on my list, although God forbid if it was at this point. <laughs> that would be a scary <laughs> Your psyche took such a beating at such a young age. This is this is this is I, I remember I I was already a fan of, of the the original trilogy at this point. I was excited. And I was young. Hey, how old were you? Five, six. Right. What year was that? Ninety-nine. Five, give or take. I didn't even see the original trilogy till I was like ten. Yeah, yeah no, no. I'd, I'd already worn out my VHS copies at this point, and I was not allowed to go and see it until I could pronounce Phantom Menace properly, which, as like a five-year-old, was tricky. Bullshit! I could have done it. All right. Well, I remember <laughs> finding it tricky at the time. <laughs> Screw you. What would you even say instead? I don't know. I don't remember. I just have a memory of being told, no, 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 no. It was like, you, you can't go until you say it properly. Because I just, I just say episode one to get out of it as a kid. Uh, okay. So I wouldn't have to say it. And they were like, no, no, you're saying it properly or you're not going to see it. I, 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 you know that's a, my opinion on this, but I, I actually hate the whole episode number and having Star Wars and all. And like, I, I liked it when it was just Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the... I like just that, having that title but, and nothing did, else. Do you hate it less, though, knowing that Empire was always out as episode five. That that was never just Empire Strikes Back. I never knew that growing up. I assumed it was a change at some point with all no, the no. other bollocks. Uh, it actually blows my mind that he had the gall to release that as episode five at the time. Yeah, because you had you know just Star Wars, and then you had the re-release of that before Empire as you know episode four, A New Hope. The gall on that asshole to do that is is yeah. astounding <laughs> to me. It is ballsy, isn't it? Uh, but I, I, I hate it because I hate it with all things. Like you know, it's the same as the Twilight, like the second movie, the Twilight Saga, and then whatever the second one was called. I can't remember which one was which. <laughs> but you know, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, whatever the next one was. Um, New Moon. That sounds right. That sounds right. I'm racking my mind. It's in there somewhere. So something Moon. There was definitely a Moon, of yeah. some kind. 
Because because yeah. I think yeah because the, the werewolf didn't come in till like the moon one right. He wasn't sure, in the first but one. that can't that can't have been that far in. That has to have yeah. Been so it's probably the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We sussed it. Look at this sci-fi list. We're nailing Twilight. <laughs> right, but it's, it's the same thing I don't like about that. Is like the Twilight Saga and then the the next yeah, yeah. title. Just just call it just call it Breaking Dawn. Like people aren't that stupid. No, no, no <laughs> it, it can fair. work. I don't know it's just it's just I don't know. It bugs me. Anyway. Uh, Jurassic Park's very good, is the point I'm trying to make. It is. It, it, it is fantastic. Uh, dinosaur effects. Uh, I like dinosaurs when I was a kid. Uh, Who didn't? So, you know, especially at that age when I was four and I got taken to see it. And I remember watching it when it hit TV two years later in Christmas, or around Christmas. It was around Christmas when it aired. And I, uh, I remember watching it and taping it and watching it again and again. Um, so, yeah. So, funnily enough, Jurassic Park... Because it's the first movie I ever saw in the theatre, it's also the, the oldest franchise that I've seen every movie of in the theatre. Because I've seen every one since. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'd, I'd have to sit and think about what mine would be. Uh, well, it's easy for me because it's the first it's movie I ever that, saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, well, that was easy. I'd, I'd have to work it out. Um, unless I get re-releases of other things where I could fill in the gaps, but I doubt it. Ah, it's kind of cheated anyway, though, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's getting it on a technicality. Yeah, because I, mean, I saw Back to the Future in the theatre. I saw... I actually saw Jurassic Park again in the theatre when it got re-released for its 25th, 20th, 25th, whatever anniversary it was, it got re-released. I saw yeah. it again. Uh, I saw it twice again, actually, which wasn't intentional. The second time it was because other people wanted to see it, but I wasn't complaining. That's fine. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. You're, you're Park. never going to say no, are you? Because <laughs> uh, hearing that score with the, the big speakers and, you know, uh, it's quite, oh, quite the yeah. experience. It is. Uh, that said, obviously we've not done the Jurassic Park movies on Influx yet we might do it someday of course when, when the next uh, world comes out we might go back is, and do it is, is that next year now? no that's this year this, this year? Yeah, I thought, for some reason I'm thinking it got pushed but yeah, so it did, did it? we may actually do the we've Jurassic got, we've got some sort of trailer for that right? yeah we've got a trailer yeah. yeah so we may actually do Jurassic Park movies this year but screw it yeah, let's do it but a tidbit for you, uh, just there's one thing that bugs me. Uh, I, I love the helicopter coming in. I love that big brassy theme coming in as the helicopter's swooping out of the island. Mm-hmm. But there's a pan there that ever since I've learned how to use a camera <laughs> that bugs the shit out of me. And you can tell because they were filming a real helicopter flying around they, they couldn't just do it again. But there's a really bad pan. Uh, the cameraman doesn't pan at the right time for the, the helicopter going past them. Uh, and it is admittedly hard to do when you're not trained, but this is Jurassic Park, directed by Spielberg. I have to imagine they hired a professional cameraman to <laughs> yeah, pull yeah. off this just, job. Just missed the moment for whatever reason. Yeah, but obviously it would cost too much to just get the helicopter back in the area to it again. So. Yeah, but like, it'll do. Yeah, that was basically yeah. it. Every, you know, yeah. So, uh, But yeah, so what's your 13? My 13 is is uh, Big Hero 6. I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. Right. I think it's surprisingly underrated. I feel like it's not. It was talked about a lot when it came out, and then kind of got forgotten about. I don't know if this would make my list, but I will say I never even considered that it was sci-fi. It never occurred to me when I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, this was quite a thing that occurred to me quite late. I was like, no, no, that does count. It, uh, it kind of just crossed my mind. I was looking around at my shelves, going, "What, what have I missed?" And I do, then I do, that caught my eye. I do like it a lot, though. I was pleasantly surprised. It was it kind of because. It came out the same year as other animated stuff that I really liked, so it kind of got ignored for a little bit. And Is that then, the one the How to Train Your Dragon 2? Was that yeah. here, maybe? But when I, when I saw Big Hero 6, I was like, oh, but I like that more than Lego Movie. Like For me, How to Train Your Dragon 2 was number one, and then this was like a, you know, a good second, and then I thought Lego Movie was good, but I didn't love it as much as... I, I, I like the Lego Movie a lot, but I think that's also the third for me. I, I prefer Big Hero 6 over How to Train Your Dragon 2, but 
Yeah, oh, yeah, not but, that much in it. But oh, you're wrong but, sometimes. But yeah, go on. Whatever. Screw you. This is a fantastic movie, though. Uh, you know, this is you know a group of kids becoming superheroes, essentially, with giant inflatable health robots and nanobots and paintball things. There's just all sorts going on. You've got, you know, the bunch of students just, hey, let's invent some shit. Let's have some fun. Do you know, I know this is based on a Marvel thing, and I know there's a Stan Lee cameo, but it still doesn't really feel like a Marvel thing, ever. It, it, it doesn't. It just feels like and a standalone I, thing. But, do you yeah. know what? I know they're doing an animated TV show of it soon hmm. as a sequel to the movie. I'm weirdly looking forward to it. It's risky, because it, sometimes it'll be like this cheaper thing that's not as good. And you don't really it might be. That I, I, that's the thing. It might be atrocious. Because How You Treat Your Dragons get like a cartoon. Uh, I think, yeah, the Netflix, right? I think so. Uh, and I've never watched it, but whenever you see the, the images from it, I'm like, oh, this doesn't look as good as the movie. And I'm no, like, oh. I, my girlfriend's watched it. She says it's all right. Yeah, maybe it's fine. I don't know. But... Yeah. No, no, I get what you mean. When you see the stills, it's like, yeah, okay. It's not, uh, this, yeah. It's not, it's not got the same money on it. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a cheap mimic, and I mean it may still be well written and well voiced, but yeah. But I assume it's different voices for a lot of the characters because you know you, I don't know if you get the famous ones back because yeah, I don't think Big Hero Six had too many famous ones from memory. I can't remember. This was... No, I can't remember who voices who voiced what in that, but no. But I, I don't know. I don't know how much of the cast they've got coming back. I'll be honest. But either way, I'm looking forward to it. It's a great movie. Surprisingly high. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it is, but it, it hit me good. I like the sound of something hitting you good. <laughs> my number 13 um, is one you've already had. Uh, a little bit too low for my liking, and that is the original Godzilla. Uh, the Japanese classic, obviously, the analogy for the, the nuclear bomb mm. uh, and nuclear energy and all the rest of it, that uh, is the big giant lizard. Uh, like we said, it's very haunting, this first one. It actually plays with this element of horror as he's like, you know, storming through the city uh, the beautiful black and white imagery uh, it's taken very seriously and while I love goofy Godzilla I love he- heroic Godzilla uh, I do love the 2014 American Godzilla as well uh, this is king for a reason uh, and you know so I, you know, we already, already talked about it so I don't want to go into it too much but uh, I love that big lizard it's great so yeah number 12 uh, my number 12 is something that we've already talked about quite extensively, so I won't talk about it oh. too much, but this is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Ah, uh, okay. I loved it. What can I say? It's it's a big action sequence. You've got a guitarist with flames on the back of a big truck. That's just amazing. Let's not, let's not forget the fact that behind the guitarist is a wall of amplifiers. Yeah, that's cool as well. Like, like more than you would get at an actual concert in a stadium. Like there's this big yeah. wall of amplifiers behind them. Uh, it, it always amuses me on a sta- you know on a concert stage where you see all the wall of amps. It's mm. like none of those are plugged in. Yeah, yeah, it just looks good. It just it just looks good, but like yo, they're not plugged in. It's fine, but it's just yeah. it's a strange concept. Yeah, because obviously they're plugged into a mixing desk so they can control the noise, which then goes to the actual speakers that are pumping it out. <laughs> exactly, that, that yeah. are designed for this stadium. Exactly. Uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, especially since if he's actually playing through those, which in this he has he may... no eardrums left. Yeah, exactly. He's he's deaf. Like just he yeah. just does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but hey, right, so you, you, we talked about that already. So my number twelve, one we also talked about already, is Inception. Uh, I mentioned I love the ending. We mentioned the music. We mentioned the layered fun with the di- dreams within dreams and how that affects the action scenes. It just it feels so inventive. Uh, I do think there's a there's a, a heartfelt story at the centre of it, 
you can poke holes in it, you can complain about too much exposition, but I think if you give yourself over to the movie, uh, you have a very uh, thrilling kind of ride with a, a good heart. You know, I, I remember, you know, not to spoil what the ending is, I won't, but I remember when that title appears at the end, I, I remember in the theatre, people shouting at the screen, you know, like, come on. Like, but not because they were angry at it, because they really wanted to see what was going to it's happen. It's the frustration yeah. of... It, it's the cock tease of it, isn't it? It's like, well, that's it? Kind of. It, 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 it's like, it's this, this intentional ambiguity, which me appreciating sort of, like, smiled as it cut, because I realised what but it was I doing. I understand the frustration in the moment. Yeah. Like, I, I but, get it in, but, in that but, moment. But this is the thing. Like, oh, really? It wasn't judgmental. It was... They, they, they cared. They, they made noise because they were so... They, they were so invested so in what the outcome up, was. They were like, wait, 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 that's the end? Where's the rest? Where's Where's more? Uh, but no, and not even where's more because it's not that type of ending where there's a, there's a lot more to tell. It's a very simple thing. It's it's, it's literally three more seconds. Yeah, is, yeah is, exactly. is all you're actually wanting here if you're if you're desperate for the for the 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 inconcrete. Yes. <laughs> you know, but your answer. Uh, I, I love it though. Uh, no, it's, it's I love the ambiguity. I'm the sort of I'm I'm the asshole walking out the theater who is hearing people go, "Oh my, can you just show this and this?" And I was just sort of smiling to myself like, "Ha ha!" <laughs> like like I, I'm on Nolan's side here. I'm like I'm loving it. No, no, I love that it doesn't answer things. You know, the the the, the choice is there. Uh, oh, I'm actually of the opinion that the movie does answer it. It's just not as obvious as that. Uh, if oh. you actually analyze the film, uh, the answer is quite clearly there. Uh, just just analyze it a bit but i'm sure we'll cover this in detail at some point yeah no i'm sure we will uh i imagine a good discussion out of it uh what's your 11 my 11 is the thing and you know the the, the john carpenter one i should ah, yeah. I, I feel like i don't really need to say that when it's number 11 but the, just in case there's the, no, the, the 2011 film with uh <laughs> mary elizabeth winstead i mean i like her sure but not yeah yeah i i, I never watched that i looked there and went you know what i'm good this is, you know, oh, so you've got a creature in a, in, a, in a base. It's horrifying. It's glorious. I feel like you might have this still to talk about. And some great music. <laughs> You're being very, very silent looking at me going, yeah, yeah. Bum, bum. Yeah. Bum, bum. The, yeah, no, that, that heartbeat theme that plays throughout, it really gives you a tone so much. Yeah. Um, and then there's one of those sci-fi instruments sort of coming after after a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, uh, no, no, uh, thing, thing's great. It's kind of like Waterworld, but in the snow. Uh... <laughs> even you can't mean that. <laughs> that doesn't even work. I didn't mean any of them. What, what, no, which no, one but, of those jokes but, do you so, think so, I meant? No, 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 no. But some of them, at least, there was a link. This one's just you've just said it. There's a snow wasteland around them. They're on their own. No, this is not the same. It's not like an ocean remotely. of snow. No, I'm not having that one. Yeah, that was that was cheap, and it didn't count. My number eleven is the original RoboCop. Uh, this is this is this is a movie that I liked as a kid for all the the sort of surface level reasons of you know RoboCop being a RoboCop and yeah. violence and shit. And then I kind of like drifted away from it for a little bit as I was getting more seriously into film, and then I watched it again eventually. And then realise just how good it was for lots of other actual good reasons <laughs> on top of the the action and the, the you know the, the role copy and of course the music the the, the the man the main theme of this is yeah. uh, it's phenomenal like I actually think the music in this is overlooked uh, 
because it's just, for some reason. But it's it's great, big brassy, heroic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of almost contrasts the uh, the the darker political satire that's going on throughout the whole thing. Uh, but then at the core, you have this story about you know finding regaining your humanity uh, within like the system where oh you're made to feel like just a number. You're just a number on a list of names of of uh, you're there to be advertised to. You know I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, you're there for all these reasons, and it's a man who's literally turned into a machine. He can't remember who he is because he's brutally you know almost murdered essentially. Uh, and it is brutal. Like, he is blown to smithereens. And it's about him remembering who the person is and who he was. And that's the heart of the story. It has a good human heart to it. It also has great violence. It has a great political, social commentary to it. Uh, it's actually basically a masterpiece. And it's something that I, I didn't remember it being that good for, like, a period of my life. Maybe, like, in my teens to, like, maybe when I was about hitting 20, and then I went back and watched it, and I went, holy shit, this is actually fantastic. Uh, Robocop's great. Robocop's yeah. great. And it's quotable as shit as well. There's, there's so many quotable things in this movie. And, uh, oh, that's fair. This is something that, if, if you've been listening to the, the movie news recently, you'll have heard this story. I was going to watch this month, and for some reason in my mind, I was like, I'm sure we're getting a new version of this soon. I'll just hold <laughs> off and watch it in the time. And we weren't when I th- when I said this to Pete, and we weren't. And then like two weeks later, they were like, "Hey, I'm working on a, a script for a new one." <laughs> yeah. So I went, "Yeah, screw it. I'll wait." Yeah, we'll wait, and then we'll do the we'll do the at least the trilogy, if not the trilogy plus remake when the the new one finally comes out. If mm. it, you we'll, know, if we'll it, see how busy we are. <laughs> if it formulates, that is because it, it could go nowhere. But, it, it could, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your ten? Uh, ten. This is a Wally. This is the the Pixar. Uh, um, Wally. Do you know what? When I put this on my list and I got to that, I was I, in my mind. I went, "I'll leave a space for him to do that because I know he's going to do it." <laughs> and then I forgot. <laughs> That's how he says his name. It, it is. This is a fantastic movie. The first, you know, half hour especially is obviously the best part of it i still love all the stuff that it's doing after that you know looking at what humanity has become you know it's 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 great sci-fi stuff packaged in a pixar masterpiece but that first half hour where it's silent and you've just got wally on earth is something special in cinema in my opinion it's very good uh, i do kind of wish that it was that first half for the whole thing uh, no, I, I, I agree. Like, that would be if it was that, it would be even higher. Uh, Don't wrong, but I, I still love all the stuff it's doing with. Even, you know, it's a number ten. I know that's the, that's my point. <laughs> that's how much I love that first half. Uh, but and I, but I still really like that second half of stuff. I think if we go to 100, you see me put this in somewhere. I, I don't think I quite like it enough to put it in the top. I, I think I liked it more at the time than I do now. Uh, that's fair. But I still quite like it quite a bit, of course. It's still very good. Uh, and like I, said, I watched it not so long ago. It really held up for me. First half hour extremely good the rest of it solid but not as special as maybe mm-hmm. what i'd say um my number 10 is district 9 which you it's had higher than where i had it yeah, yeah you had it ages ago it, this, this happened on the 2000s list as well yeah that uh district 9 uh i, I love the action I, lo- I love where it goes in the end i, I love the the character turn i love the I love that it goes in a direction that I didn't necessarily think it was going to when I started. Because, I mean, I, I had the benefit of watching this without even seeing a trailer. I just heard it had buzz. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what it looked like. 
And, you know, by the way, it's a low-budget movie with fantastic visual effects. So that, that's the it one is, thing that, yeah. even, even in Blomkamp's worst, the one thing you cannot dispute is how good the effects typically look. He, he has this kind of urban, gritty, science fiction, futuristic style. They, they always... have a very, a, a diff, especially in this movie, they're a bit rough around the edges, but they're very unique. It's not a tri- like what I'd expect from, with you know, with effects, but it, yeah. it works for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love his uh, his gritty kind of like near future sci fi style that, that he does. Yeah. Uh, this is his best film, absolutely, uh, no question. Uh, it's got an emotional core uh, that I really like. Obviously, uh, your boy Cheryl Copley, uh, he's he's very good. This is where I discovered him, obviously, because everyone kind of discovered him with this one. Uh, he's great. Uh, it's a unique setting because it's you know in in uh, South Africa uh, or Johannesburg specifically, uh, and it's great. I, I love it. All the action at the end, uh, the fist pumping stuff. There's really good music again, um, and again, social commentary. It's got a message. It's a, it's about things. Yeah. And the the main character kind of has that journey where at first he's he's part of the problem, and by the end he kind of realizes that and kind of and and becomes something better. But to do that, he has to kind of be you know kind of forced out of his comfort zone first. So yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. No arguing with that. What's your name? No, my night. I'm just gonna say for the, for the for the record here, my top ten's kind of boring and predictable for the most part. <laughs> I, like, like, I feel like I've had some reasonable, interesting picks throughout here or there. You haven't argued with me on too many things. So, uh, top... so, so, what numbers Waterworld then? That's the real question. <laughs> Minus three thousand. No, it's not quite that bad. Even that, that'd be higher. That, that's, that... high, that's higher than number one because you, you keep going that direction. Balls three thousand. So you, you could go three, two, one, zero, negative one, negative yeah, two. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think that through, did I? Yeah. No, okay. Uh, no, my number nine, this is The Martian. Hmm. Which, yeah, I get this might seem high, but I, I rewatched it not so long ago. And man, I forgot how much I loved it. It's so excellently paced. It's carried by Damon, with, and the, the dialogue is just incredible it's you know the the script work is fantastic and the direction is very good it's very good direction it's you know that kind of goes without saying though but i think it's the script that really makes this movie special and it takes ideas that you know it's it's obviously it's based on a book which i've read and it takes ideas and it improves them and it's one of those rare cases of it knows how to adapt you know how sometimes things that work on a page just don't work on a screen. Hmm. This, oh, it knew how to change things to keep the core idea of something, but make it work in the medium. And that I appreciate it for that even more. And it's also very funny, which I, I, I like. It is pretty funny. Uh, it is very good. I love the Martian a lot. It didn't quite make my uh, my list, but I uh, I did like it a lot. It's not quite as good as say Back to the Future Part Two. Come on, I appreciate that joke. Even if, like... No, no I know. I get it. I get on. it. I'm, 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 I know. Tell me that is your number nine. Oh, it's not. No. No. Oh, oh, no, man. I was just that, cracking that, a joke. That, I mean, I got the joke, but I was hoping that you'd yeah. lined it up No, perfectly. no, no. Uh, that, was, that was a Mr. Robot joke for anyone who didn't get that. Um, but, no, no, Marston's great. Uh, I, I, I like it a lot. I, I think the only thing that Marston suffers from is that absolutely zero surprising things or turns happen throughout the entire film. It plays out exactly like you think it's going to play oh, out it does, yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Uh, in this case, though, 
I like that journey well enough that I'm I'm on board. And Matt Damon's great. Um, and the, the, there's you know there's other like, guest characters who are like on Earth at NASA or whatever to kind of try to figure problems out and solve things and and whatnot. Uh, but no, it is a movie that I'll revisit every every so often, and I think it's definitely Ridley Scott's best movie in a while. Since since Gladiator. Well, well, no, man, there's a couple of good movies in the two thousand. Black Hawk Down's quite good. Match Six Men was a really interesting little movie. Well, I wasn't too hot on Black Hawk Down. Oh well, you know, yeah. opinions. It's not bad, that. but but hey, so so yeah. Uh, my number nine is the thing, mm. which you already talked about. Uh, but what you somehow what you didn't hit on, and this just baffles me, is this is maybe the best film about paranoia uh, ever made. Because that's what it is. Because the whole the whole conceit of this film is that the the thing, the alien can uh, shapeshift or take over a body. So the idea that one of the people they know in this like, tight-knit team could be the thing. So they start to suspect each other and it becomes a movie about that. And there's some great practical effects that are you know very oh, inventive. Is, yeah. uh, and let's say a cool bottle setting in this like one little research base in the middle of, you know, uh, was it the Arctic? The Antarctic? Oh, probably. Arctic Settle sounds right about it. I can never remember which one it is. but They're all the same to me. They're, they're all cold and snowy. Why would you, why, why are you saying all? Both? There's two. <laughs> there, there, there is, but I'm just grouping those ends of the Earths. It's, they're all cold and snowy, everywhere in those regions. You get different animals, though, in the two of them. You so, do. So there's a bit of I can't difference. remember which one's which. I know pen, Penguins are only at one of them, aren't they? I believe so. can't remember which one, though, but I know they're only at one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I believe... Which one's uh, the Fortress of Solitude usually on? I'm not sure, actually. I want to say the North, but... I... See, the problem is I can't remember which is which in terms of Arctic and Antarctic. Oh, Arctic is North and Antarctic is South. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. In that case, I'll, I'll say I think it's in the North. Yeah. My, do you know what the thing is? My, my reasoning for that is that he basically gets there on foot in Superman the movie, and the North Pole is much closer to him, I think, <laughs> in terms of... Because you know, I, I feel like yeah. you, you can go up to Canada, and then you can sort of... <laughs> like, Make your way up from there. No, no, there's a logic. Then you can swim from there. No, no it looks like he was swimming in that movie, but he, he, he must have done. Because he just kind of walked there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah weird. Well, I don't know why we're, we're going to talk about this. Uh but the thing is, uh, is really goddamn good. Uh, it's got a really great ending. Really, really kind of uh, tense. And it's not a film with a happy, cheery. Everything's tied neat in a bow. Um, yeah. And it's a movie about f- figuring things out. In fact, uh, a board game for the thing came out uh, this past year, and I saw a game of it being played, and it looked like a lot of fun. Uh, and oh, really? Was, yeah. Uh, and it has those mechanics where one of you might be the thing, but you don't know who it is. But you all have to kind of work together to try and like solve the mm. problems to like. Uh. Uh, and, and, and the person who's the thing has got to not be caught out. Yeah, they've got to try and sabotage things without making it obvious. Uh, so no, it's it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, but no, movie is solid. It is a sci-fi horror classic uh, for a goddamn reason. So yeah, the thing. Yeah, so that's number eight. Okay, back into boring territory for me. Mm-hmm. This is Star Wars: Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. See, you know they're going to be Star Wars, but you don't know which order. If I care. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> Screw you. 
Uh, no, this is a, a great introduction to the new trilogy. I, you know, it, it sets up your new characters who are pretty much all likable from the off. It's got a great pace to it. It's got a fantastic new Star Wars Williams score, which, I mean, just hearing some of those, the Ray's theme in particular is a, is a personal highlight, bringing in some of his Harry Potter influences, actually, which is a really nice thing. Um, a return to practical effects for the moment. You know, not all of it, obviously. There's the CG in there as well. And there's maybe one or two weaker spots of CG, like the, the Rathtars, I will concede. They, they don't look great. And that section is probably the, the only section that's, you know, maybe not, not, not the best. I like Force Awakens. Wasn't I didn't like it enough to put it on my list, but Force Awakens, uh, I think, is a solid attempt to kind of try to recapture the the magic of what Star Wars was. And this is one of those where, as well, the, the atmosphere of seeing this, you know, opening night, you know, midnight with all the fans. Uh, that's a, a an atmosphere for that I don't know if it'll ever be matched for me. Hmm? Okay. Because it's, it's it's such a a phenomenon of the timing of it that it, I don't know if it can get matched. Yeah, I, I don't know what would create that that that. Uh, it's it's something unique that that tone in the room. I wouldn't say it'll never happen again. It's possible if something like it you know, is. But I just don't you know, know what it would be. Yeah, uh, it's entirely possible. Like uh, it is. I, I don't know. Let's say Whedon makes a Buffy movie in a, in a few years' time, sure. and but it's it's. It's a rare feeling whenever it yeah. does happen. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, my number eight is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, we talked about sequels, of course, and how Cameron's mm. very good at them. Uh, this, obviously, you know, it takes Terminator and makes him the good guy. He's been reprogrammed, so there's a lot of talk about, you know, robots being able to learn humanity. Uh, arguably better than we can uh, to an extent, once he actually learns. Uh, Sarah Connor is a well-developed character who's turned into this this the completely evolved version of herself. Uh, you have a kid who's not annoying, which is you know always a great plus, and you have the idea of the future. You know maybe we can change it. Maybe the, like maybe all of this is for something for us to like try and stop. Like that's something that kind of comes in. But for the time, you've got these like groundbreaking effects that you know kind of like wowed everyone and. Like, I mean, yeah, you can poke fun at the idea of a liquid metal machine. <laughs> this is, you could. It's kind of a why? silly idea, but uh, no. Uh, but it's great. And it took the fantastic main theme, did a great score again out of it, but with a new twist on it. And uh, it's, it's a surprisingly deep film if you really stop and, you know, enjoy it. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, you already spoke about it. So that's Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah that's fine. So speaking of Cameron sequels, Number seven for me is Aliens, emphasizing the S there on the end. And, uh, you know, as we were saying with, you know, that, that being a masterclass in sequel making, the same applies here. What? what? I just I just thought, do you know how in Avatar 2 he said he's going to explode the water, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe it'll be like Waterworld. I, mm-hmm. I, just, I just thought of what the poster's going to be. Go on. I mean, you you see, like you know, the floating islands will be all the water, right? And then the tagline at the top will just be, "This time, it's water." <laughs> oh God, I hope so. Oh, I, I I would give him points for doing that. I really would. If you don't get that joke, it's because the the poster for Aliens and even the even the trailer, uh, the big thing was, "This time, it's war." That was the big uh, selling point for it. Yeah, and so that's the thing we're talking about. You know, okay, how do you do sequels without you know just redoing things? 
we should do something completely different, essentially. You go, all right, okay, that last movie was this thing. Let's just do an action movie. You know, an action war movie, essentially. And it's a masterpiece at doing that. It really is. Honestly, I think between this and Alien is kind of just taste for a lot of people. It's kind of which type of movie do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, uh, I don't know which one you prefer. I think we'll, we'll find out soon, I'm sure. Let's move on to uh, mm. my number seven, which is Moon. Uh, 2009 Sam Rockwell uh, is a film in which he's you know working on the space in the moon by himself but then one day he discovers a clone of himself and that leads to a whole host of discoveries and sort of again it's a very character driven film where you get to see the differences between him and the clone because the clone was cloned at an earlier part in his life and he's not went through an ex- you know, certain experiences yet and there's this comparison uh, he's you know, obviously he's a fantastic showcase of acting for him because he's, he's it's, it's his finest work in yeah. my opinion it's, it's great um, it's full of subtleties it's got a fantastic score by Clint Mansell uh, yeah, a composer I love and this might be his best there, there's a, there's one particular moment uh, with, a, with a phone call and then the music that plays there the shot that ends the scene with is, is perfection this is, this is Duncan Jones uh, coming out the gate with a masterpiece and he did a really good movie with Source Code and then he wasted like six years of his life on but, Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, but we've got hope. Yeah, Mute's coming. Mute's coming this month, February. We're looking forward to I, it. I can't remember the exact date, but it's not long. 23rd, I think it was, if I remember correctly, but around then, if not. Either way, we will be watching it. Yeah, expect uh, reviews. Expect it. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. Uh, but no, this is, this is great. Uh, and I expect mm. that this is, will not be the last I hear about it. So, what's your number six, Connor? My number six is going to make you angry because it's another Star Wars movie. It's The Last Jedi. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I really do. And especially the ending. Uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with a lot of the things some people do. You, I, I appreciate you, know, you, you don't like the way they split up the characters. I see that as a valid thing, but I do think that is completely taste-based. For me, that's not a problem. I know a lot of people have leaps in the logic for them, but I don't see it. And the ending of this is, uh, it, it had me blubbering in the cinema. It just did, multiple times. Blubbering was not the noise I was making as the film finished, I'll tell you that right now. I know, I know. Uh, and, and so what, <laughs> you, if you want to see my full opinion on, on The Last Jedi, you can go and watch our very, very long review that we did. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, my opinion's well known. Uh, I, I think, where, where's... Force Awakens introduced me to all these new characters and I loved all of them. Every new character this movie introduced, I hated. Well, not hated, but they just all felt pointless. I don't understand the purpose. I feel like everything that happens, like people explain, you can logically try and explain a lot of the plot choices, but they're all just justifications rather than actually telling me why on a, a like a, a pacing or what on a thematic level or on a, a momentum level why they're good choices. Uh, the big one that always comes up is the, the, the Poe and uh, Diane was her name? Holdo. Holdo. Was her name in this yeah, movie. That pointless character who, you know, you, 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 yeah. Uh, right. The, the, they had the whole thing where she won't tell him what the plan is, and that like kind of like drives and creates a, like an entire subplot and things that go on, right? Because you can logically tell me, yes, she, she's a superior officer. She shouldn't have to tell him. That makes sense. I'm not disputing that. 
but as a viewer watching this movie, that not only does it create an entire subplot that I hated, not only does it feel like it's just there to create the entire conflict for like the middle chunk of the movie, it's frustrating as hell. It makes her an even more annoying version of like when you're watching Breaking Bad and you get annoyed at Skylar for being in Walter's way. That's what it feels like. I get it. It's infuriating. I get God, it. And I, I love Laura Dern. I, lo- I love her. She's great. She's in Jurassic Park. She's in Twin Peaks. Blue Velvet. She, that woman does great things. And She did great things here. I wanted to rip off that stupid haircut. When I was you're watching not, this you're not a fan of the purple. That stupid hair, and then she's in this, this frock instead of... Like, Fl- flowing robes, thank you. <laughs> instead of looking like she's actually meant to be there and every- what everyone else is wearing. Uh, which people tell me, oh, the novel that ties in beforehand explained all that. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I give a shit. That, I've that, read all the novels. That, this that, is uh, why this movie works so well for me. Oh, God. And I, I appreciate, you know, that there are things that I have from exterior sources that improve the movie. That is a fact. But it doesn't change how much I love it. It's staying up here. It's a great movie. I'm going to watch it a lot over my life. And I can't wait to watch it again when, when, when I get it at home. I never want to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already reviewed it, so you can't even talk me into it for a review. No, no I can't. So, I'm still trying to talk you into doing Han Solo, which it, God knows what's going on with that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, if that makes yeah, me, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputed that. Uh, if you if you if you strongly disagreed that it was going to make me like against my opinion, I'd be like, oh, let's put a wager on it. Not not of money, just of I, something I think, stupid. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when the Super Bowl is because I don't follow it. If it's before or after this will go public, I think that's when we'll know for certain. It's, it's actually before this goes public, I think. Okay, if there was a trailer in the Super Bowl, we're getting it in May. If 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 not, then, then I don't know when. Probably December again. Ah uh, dear. Uh, anyway, so that was your number six. Yes. My number six is the Terminator, and you were all, oh, this might be controversial earlier, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I feel like it was controversial because every time I say, oh, the Terminator is better than the second one, people go. Screw you. No, you're not. No, it's not. Second one's better. I, I, Everyone I, I, tells me that. Yeah, I, I don't know where, where this is coming from. I, like, I, I think it's valid to have either one. And honestly, I probably flip-flop depending on my mood as to which one's higher. They're very close. Like, I, Eight and six were my, my Terminator 1 and 2s. I mean, they were 21 and 17 for me, so it's not a million yeah. miles apart either way. Yeah, very, very close. And like we said, you know, ask us again in a week. Our orders will probably shift it a little bit. But uh, the Terminator... Again, it's one I watched as a child quite a bit. Yeah, it's a science fiction film. It's a killer cyborg. He's hunting down, and it's something I didn't realize till later that this might have actually be what inspired my love of uh, a lot of horror movies and slasher yeah. movies. This idea of the unstoppable killing machine, whether it's literal or not, uh, uh, like I think that uh, may have contributed to that. At many points, this is almost a slasher movie. Oh, yeah, almost. But obviously it has all this deep mythology to go along with it. This idea of the future. Um, and what's funny is I think actually over time I've come to appreciate the music in Terminator 1 a little bit more. I think yes. I like it a bit more. It's better. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's better, but I'll, it's just the, the, the sci-fi kind of... It's kinda, got more intricacies and subtleties to it. And synth to it. 
Uh, I think the scores both suit their movies, though. I, 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 I'm oh, yeah. not, this is not a knock on the score for the, Terminator The second two. one is it, it's bigger, it's more bombastic, it fits yeah. its movie, don't get me wrong, but I prefer the first one. Um, but there's a lot of little things in there that I, I love about it. Um, and I, I think the, the growth of Sarah Connor, uh, Kyle Reese as a character, uh, all of it works, and it's got some thrilling sequences. Um, uh, so, no, I Terminator is an absolute goddamn masterpiece. That said, I also think Terminator 2 is a goddamn masterpiece. So, you know. That's fair. And honestly, you know, when you got to Terminator 2 and I was like, shit, you haven't said Terminator. You agree with me. I was shocked because I was just fully expecting to have to fight. I really was. What's your number five? Pleasant surprise. My, my number five oh, actually, is... Yeah. By the way, just relating to both of them with the music, that main theme is one of the best main movie themes of all time. Right. What's your number five? <laughs> uh, that's fair. My, my number five is Moon. So not too far off where you had it. It's a masterpiece. It's amazing. It's why I'm so excited for Mute, as we were just kind of just saying. You know, we were literally just saying this like three, four minutes ago. So there's only so much to say now. It's great. Let's go carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four, and you've not said this yet. That, so that, I, that, that was five. Oh, sorry. My number five. Sorry. Yeah, don't, don't jump the gun. I almost skipped one there. It was a good job you jumped in before I said what it was. Uh, my number five. You've also not said this, actually. Uh is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Stanley Kubrick uh, is a film about scientists getting into space because there's a a signal, uh, you know, that they found this monolith on the moon and it's pointing to a signal coming from somewhere beyond Jupiter. Yeah. So they get in a ship and they go. And everyone remembers, you know, there's there's the HAL, you know, the the computer that goes nuts and tries to kill them. Yeah, that's a part of the movie. And it fits into the themes of the movie, but that's not the, the the core plot. I feel like in a lesser movie, that's your whole thing. Yeah, which would be fine. That could be a great movie on its own. Yeah. But uh, this is a movie you know you have to interpret it. You have to think about it after you've watched it. What does it mean? There's some psychedelic stuff towards the end. The, the final shot is beautiful. The music, of course, that's playing is you know that's iconic. Uh, you'll know the name of it probably. Uh, which which piece was it? I can't. I mean, remember. oh, suspect uh, Zarathustra. That one, uh, but you know, uh, Rick, like Rick Flair's entrance team uh, for anyone <laughs> who gets that instead. Um, <laughs> that's what he comes out to. He comes to the, the ring, you know, without okay, playing. Cool. I, I get it. I get. Uh, the, I get the concept. But yeah. until about a week ago, when I brought him up, I had no idea who Rick Flair was. Uh, <laughs> but like that's playing, and like it's this out of no, like, not out of nowhere, but like there's this ridiculous image. But it's beautiful, and the music's playing. It's, the whole thing works. And you think about it, and it's it's got stuff to say. It's, it's very, it's again, it's philosophical science fiction. It's it's full uh, full full of beautiful long slow moving shots. There's you know stuff where the yeah. the astronauts running and the you know the spinning part of the ship, and you're just sort of following them. And like all I can think of is the the insane set they had to build to make. Oh this no, it, scene it work. looks incredible. The, I, the the first time I saw this was uh, it was aired in a film festival. Oh. So it was on a huge screen. Like it, it wasn't even like a regular cinema screen. It was you know like one of the big special ones. And that was a pretty special viewing. I'm not gonna lie. That was something to to behold. That sight in that ah. size. It's great. And you know we mentioned earlier on that the 2014 Godzilla uses some of the the music, the the monolith kind of theme, if yeah. you will. Uh, and it's it's impressive that this movie gave that that music. I mean, it has a good eerie quality to it anyway, but that made it like iconic. It gave it this kind of like, what is this thing? What, what, what you know? It, uh, it did the same with the the other piece that you you're referring to that you can't say the name of. Uh, that where now 
you you want to do something jokey in space and you want to row hey look we're in space you play that piece of music but when you watch it in 2001 it doesn't feel jokey it works oh it doesn't no, no it, it feels it, like it, it's just doing exactly the intended effect it, it it's feels so grandiose dramatic. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the eerie thing, and why it works so well for Godzilla as well, is that it's the idea that it's it's something beyond our comprehension. It's the unknown. Yeah, yeah uh, that, that's what it is. Uh, but more than unknown, it feels almost biblical. Like it's something. Not only do we not understand it, but it's something important that we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's, uh, I, I I think it's Stanley Kubrick's best film, probably. It's a fight. Don't get me wrong. The guy made like insanely great films but it's, it's up there that's for sure because uh, i'll just just jump in here this is my number four so, okay there you go <laughs> yeah Fantastic. that's the reason i'm just jumping right in with all of this because it's, it's mine here yeah <laughs> great are you done <laughs> well, yeah I, th- I think yeah. you're fine what's your four uh my number four is alien mm. and that's you know Masterpiece. We keep saying that a lot, but again, we're in the top ten. So I mean, arguably, of course, we think these are all masterpieces because there's, there's kind of, a reason they're top ten. Isn't this it? is where they are. Uh, Alien is incredibly atmospheric. It's a film that, as I've grown up and I've seen it more and more as I've gotten older, every time I watch it, I appreciate it more and how well crafted it is, how high quality the production design is, the sets, the ships, the creature itself, the filmmaking, the suspense. The, the characters, while they're not super deep because they are by their nature kind of almost slasher movie characters because they're there to be picked off one by one, but there's just enough that the actors do enough with the performances that you feel like you get to know them all a little bit before they go. Uh, and I love that Ripley, and it's not a spoiler to say that she's the final girl who survives because she's the star of the Alien franchise, but at the start of the movie, if you watch this without knowing anything about the Alien franchise, you wouldn't necessarily assume that she's the main character or that she's the one who's going to oh, survive at the all. end. She's just kind of there on the ship. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, I love the tone, the music. Again, it's, it's one of those scores that I'd never sit and listen to on its own, but it's, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic piece of mood and atmosphere. It really yeah. is. Uh, this is one that I was lucky enough to see in the cinema on Halloween one, one <laughs> year, and that was fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, what I wouldn't get, get, give for a double bill of Alien and Aliens. It, it, I, that was it. Oh, double bill man. of those two on Halloween, like four or five years ago now. Uh, I need to do it someday. Because you know, the, the sort of things that will always come back and get special screenings yeah. at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's something I do have to do because, holy crap. Because um, unfortunately, the only stuff in the franchise that I've got to see in the theatre is... Uh, Shit ones. Is, yeah. Uh, I mean, the last two... <laughs> I mean, Prometheus yeah. isn't terrible, but it's not uh, good. Arguably better than three or four, depending on tastes. Depending on tastes, uh, but Covenant, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do, do you know what the worst part about Covenant is? I don't even hate it as a movie, but it's a bad alien movie. I'll do the fingering. <laughs> What's your number three? Oh, no, it's Alien, sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your number three is Alien. Yeah, uh, yeah. else you'd like to add? Creature design being authentic, the, the alien oh, ship uh, looking of great. Course. I mean, um, I mean the, the, the creature itself is, is iconic, like truly iconic, and I, it looks like nothing else until lo- everyone tried to copy yeah. it. Yeah, I, I love how lived in the world feels. It feels like grimy, it feels used, it feels, you yeah. know, it's the sort of thing that I make fun of in the Star Wars prequels, how everything just feels shiny and like... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah valid things to make fun of, don't get yeah. me wrong. That, but whereas this is like... 
it just it feels so lived in. It feel it, you know the whole idea is that the truckers in space. This is just like they're just hauling freight. They're not like yeah, they're nothing special. They're not astronauts. They're, they're, not, they're, they're low on the food chain. They're not scientists or anything like that. They're they're, they're the grunts just yeah. transporting stuff. And I think that's why it works so well because when shit goes wrong, they're like, well, we're not trained to deal with any of this yeah. bollocks. Like you have one guy who has some. I think it's just like standard that they have someone who can do a bit of medical stuff in the ship, and they're trying to figure things out. And obviously, you'll be interested in the idea of an android and. Uh, it really, you know, brings these other things into question, but no, aliens rape. So, uh, that's your number three. That that was uh, alien. Remember, we just said this. Yeah. It's your number three now. Uh, so I'm, I'm just clarifying that uh, before okay. I say mine. Uh, <laughs> my number three, and its rightful place, and it absolutely should be on this list, is Back to the Future. Hang your head in shame. Hang your head in shame! It, Shut it, up! It, Look, it, you, you don't get to speak. You had your head. Hang your head in shame. <laughs> Back to the Future, another movie I grew up with. It is the movie that introduced the idea of time travel to me, and it is it, it works in so many ways. It has a set of rules. Uh, one one of the things the, uh, the the filmmakers talked about a lot in the extras and the commentaries and whatnot is how. They had this like idea for because whenever before this, typically with time travel, you'd also like appear somewhere else. You'd move in space as well as time, and they're like, no, 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 you you appear at the exact place. Now, admittedly, people poke holes in this, but like, yeah, but the Earth's moving technically, so you know, uh, I I I I've head carried that as just being like, oh, it's it's you move in proximity to the, to the core of the Earth, Re- relative yeah. space is the term, and on a, you know, clearly, let's let's get this out of the way. But this is not on my list. Uh, it's not appearing in these top couple of slots. I, I would never pick fault with that particular issue. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I don't give a shit. <laughs> or any other issue, because there's no issues. It's back to the future. Um, lovable characters, Marty and Doc, fantastic. The idea that his mum's into him and he's trying to, like, you know, they, they can't just get... I mean, even in the 80s when he leaves, plutonium's hard to come by. But in the 50s when they go back, and they have, the whole idea that he's going to the previous generation... Because uh, I think there's a moment where you, okay, you get this time travel, you've got the fancy car, which looks cool, uh, one of my favourite movie cars. Um, but you, you go back, and then you get that moment where he sees his dad, as his age, and you're like, that's what this movie's doing. That That's what the point of this movie is. It's going to explore this fun stuff. And it's full of delightful moments. This is one that I actually got to see in the theatre when they released it, uh, however many years ago. Uh, great, great experience doing that. Uh, and it's you know all about trying to solve the problem, but also making sure he doesn't get erased from history because he's accidentally stopped his mother and dad from like get hooking up. So he's trying to fix that. Uh, full of great sequences. Biff's a great you know antagonist. You, you got the skateboard scene. You got the, the big climax of them trying to fix everything, and then that lingering thing over your head where you think you know someone's in danger when he gets back. It's the whole thing. I love it. It's Back to the Future is the movie where I I, I don't have the the test movie where like if I'm if I'm like you know oh I might date someone and like oh if they tell me they don't like a movie or they they, they like a movie that's bad that's the that's the line I don't really have that. Well, that no, said, what you do is you make them love the movie. That sounds like that like you're beating not, someone into not submission, not forcing them to it, but you're like no 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 because they'll like. They'll go all right. I'll watch it for you, and then over time they'll come around and be like, <laughs> you know what? I love this movie. That's conditioning. I'm not doing that. What, what what I'm saying is that I don't have a line. I don't have a harsh line. That's an unrealistic unreal, thing. Uh, you, know, you don't want to be one of those assholes who has all these demands. However, I do think that if you tell me as a person that you don't like Back to the Future, there's something lesser about you as a human being in my eyes. I can't help but feel that way. 
And it, I, I, I just know at this point, I feel the need to say, I never said I didn't like this movie. I'm not even before, talking to you. Bef- no, no, but, but before the audience it, it assumes that you might be. I, I have said this about Back to the Future before. It's just, it's not my favourite film. It's up high, obviously, right? But it's not my favourite. But for some reason, there's something about the qualities of Back to the Future that's just so lovable that I don't understand you as a human being if you don't like it. I'm not saying I'd hate you for it, but I'd be confuddled. I'd be confused. I would not understand you. Can I get in a couple of words about it? Sure. I think it's a very good movie. I think, honestly, I saw it too late. Uh, I didn't see this as a kid. It, it had no impact on me, obviously, at that point. Uh, so I've got nothing to look back on. I didn't see this till I was about 20, give or take. I don't know. 19. Uh, I, I, I've lost track. It's a very good movie. I'm not disputing that. It it's not too far off my top fifty. It's probably around sixty-ish. I just don't love it. It just it, it just doesn't resonate with me the same way it does everyone else. What's your number two? Star Wars. <laughs> Which one? Just just Star Wars. I knew. Oh, right, okay. uh, right. uh, I mean, I was not actually being facetious at that one. That was right, the answer. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I, I love this movie. This is one of the first movies I remember seeing. Obviously, I mentioned earlier how uh, Phantom Menace was the first thing I saw in the cinemas, and I'd already worn out my VHS copies of the original trilogy. Uh, this one in particular was beaten and battered, shall we say, skipping and all sorts, as as people these days will not understand that we had to do this with VHSs. Yeah, youngins. Yeah, yeah. You You, you don't know. But oh man, it, the 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 scene as well, uh, the the binary sunset of Luke looking out, and the music swelling up, that there is my favorite moment in cinema. It's just it just gets me every time. That is the you could just play that moment out of context, and I will start welling up. It just it just will happen. It gets me no matter what. I've never welled up at Star Wars. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I talked about that already though. So you did, yeah. Uh, so moving on to my number two, <clears throat> Serenity. Oh, oh, I'm shocked. I actually, I genuinely thought this was going to be number one. Hey, hey, hey! It was my number one in two thousands. Right? We all know that. But I'm not that delusional to to put it at the top spot, like of all time, or in, in this case, the sci-fi. Um, I talk about obviously this was the number one in two thousands. So if you watch that, you heard me gush about it. I'll I'll do it one more time. Uh, oh, I'm sure this will be difficult. This, this, this was like Connor said earlier, uh, and I think the first part was it earlier. This part, I don't know. Whatever you said, uh, it. it was earlier. This part. Um, this was a conclusion to something that at the time, I mean, now like things coming back, like on Netflix and stuff, is kind of all the rage. It's it's kind of like how have we not yeah. got more of this? <laughs> but. This was like, you thought it was over, and you didn't think you were going to get any more of it. You thought your story was, was just going to be left unfinished. And then you got the movie. And what's fantastic about it, in this particular case, is that it oddly thematically works with the story of the, the show and the movie. Uh, it does. Keep on moving. Uh, you know, uh, still flying. Like, you can't take that from me. Like, there's so many meta lines in the movie where it almost sounds like Whedon was just writing about what he felt about his it's like his screw movie. you I'm, I'm making this this exists yeah. uh you know just so many of them you, just the phrase you can't stop the signal like you know if, if the people really care you can't stop it like that that idea uh, and then there's some from the end as well i don't want to spoil but uh, you got that but even just the idea that and and, and the story there was this war and and like mal and the, the independence lost the war 
to the evil alliance and he was like lost as a human being because his his side surrendered he didn't want to surrender but his side did like you know it was from the top down they surrendered and gave up and he was lost and didn't know what to do with himself and then one day he found a ship and he found a new purpose and it was you know that's almost like you know we lost the show but we got the movie like we we found our our serenity literally so uh, there's a really nice uh, correlation to the actual plot as well, which is really cool. On top of the fact that I love these characters, on top of the fact that I cared about this story, on top of the fact that you really believed at a certain point that any of them could die. He, you know, we didn't actually convince you that he might pull a whale bunch and kill them yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I assume you saw this in the cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, that religious experience. Yeah, I imagine for you, this is how I, you know, how I mentioned the experience of seeing Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. on, like, I, I imagine it was a similar feeling in the room of this is something special. This is something you never expected, but here you are. It was special. It was, and unlike yours, though, I saw this and I was like the only person in the room, which is sadly part of, you know, why there's not any more of Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. But it almost added to it that I, it was just me more poignant isn't it yeah and i was just like there this was made just for me somehow somehow some way this happened oh, and yeah, I get it. you got you know i laughed i cried all of it uh and yeah and you know i you say you tear up at the, the twin sunset uh, no no i i know i know the speech at the end mal's speech and the final scene it never doesn't make me tear up always yeah every time jot I, I obviously I had this movie relatively high. It was in my top twenty. That's still pretty damn good. Mm. It's a movie that I can't wait to rewatch. But every time I go to rewatch it, I'm like, no, I'll wait and do a, a watch through of the whole series because I, I feel like I can't just watch it on its own. I have to watch it at the As end a conclusion, of the season. Like, that, that's the thing. People who will disagree with this placement will say, yeah, but it's not a standalone movie. And you're right, it's not. But I don't care. I still I I, I love it too much that I don't I don't give a shit if it doesn't work on its own. Because if you say to me, well, but I have to watch the series. Well, well, yeah, watch the series. It's great. No, no, that's the thing. But I, I agree. You, you yeah. should always watch the series before watching it. The problem is, for me, I always have to. Okay, I have to find that extra time to do that, and it, it means I don't watch it as much as I'd want to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not uh, a fault against it, though. Of course, just a, uh, the amount I get to watch it is is uh, honestly Firefly and Serenity are the sort of thing because it's so short. It's kind of primed for when we have a quieter summer, and we want a you know just 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 a, an already cancelled that will last a couple months. And it end up with that, that, that should line really nicely as one a week over a summer. Yeah, it's uh, what fourteen episodes in a movie, so it's yeah. just, you know three months ago or so. Yeah, yeah give a give a take. Easy. Uh, so that's my number two. What's your number one? Oh, let me guess. Look, I've got a really nice segue working Look, from what I, you were just saying. Can I, I just? Oh, I want to point out. When I said which one, when he said he's number two was Star Wars, I wasn't meaning because I was like, oh, which one? I knew there's two left. Yeah, and, right, I, right. and I know what number one and two are going to be. It's just a case of which one. So uh, I don't know why I said that though. I, I kind of know. I always knew what this look, number one was going to be. But... I know. Look, there's a reason. It's my favorite movie of all time. So I'm not disputing that. Of course, it's going to top my sci-fi list. But I was. My, I had a really nice segue lined up until you went on this tirade of you were saying how you know certainly it 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 doesn't function on its own, but you love it anyway. It's just that good. And to me, that's The Empire Strikes Back. Ultimately. It doesn't work on its own. You have to have watched the movie before it to really get, you know, for it to really work. Ultimately, its conclusion is more going, hey, come back. We've got more for you next time. But none of that matters because it's so perfect in everything that it does, in my opinion. Before I wasn't going to say anything. I, I know. I, I wasn't going to say anything. I just, I know, but I just, 
just for, not just for you, for the audience. Don't give me shit for this, people. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on Empire Strikes Back. I don't love it as much, but I'm not going to fight you. On. Oh, There's nothing God. wrong with it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And you, you know, I, I, mean, I will. Boba Fett's a chump, but I'll own that. He's not a chump in this one. Yeah, I know, but he created this was his first movie, right? And then the fan base spawned from this movie, so I, I, I naturally just have to hate Boba Fett in this. He's frozen. I've actually, I've actually broken him. That's just great. Back in a second, folks. Oh, look, he's back. It's magic. <laughs> Who, who'd have thought? <laughs> Bloody technology, screwing uh, me over. No, uh, where, where was I? R- ranting about why, why I love Empire. Um, you, you, I think we're done. Right? Everyone agree he was done? Uh, was I? Was I done? That, that doesn't sound right. F- favorite Star Wars you, movie? You, 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 were, you were bashing on Boba Fett. Uh-huh. You... And I was... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. You, you, you like Star Wars. You like The Order. You like Luke Strading. You, you like uh, Han and Leia. I love you. I know. Oh, classic. Right. I actually remembered my point that I was going to make before you brought up Boba Fett. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, you said, oh, there's nothing technically wrong with this. One of your big, well, I say big, one of your complaints that we went through in the review of The Last Jedi was the, the space physics making no sense when they were dropping the bombs. You, you made a big point out of this. Oh, yeah, that, that played really silly to me when I saw The Last Jedi. Sorry, in this movie, they go inside a, a giant worm on an asteroid and then just go out in it, even though if they don't think they're in a worm, they're just out on an asteroid with no atmosphere, and you have no problem with that. That's a fair point. And again... I'm not saying it's it makes sense. It's it, it's it's its own rules. It's not really our space in in these movies. It's not clearly it doesn't play by our space rules. But you know, I, 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 no, I that, just don't that, understand people getting mad about it now. That said, I would cross the line at someone just walking outside in space. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. I, this is essentially what's happening here. But at least it's not immediately obvious because they're inside. The, I mean, I'll I'll just assume that this beast's like mouth seals properly so they're okay <laughs> sure but they think they're just going out onto rock into a cave that's no, that's true uh, from a character it makes the, no sense uh, i mean I, I guess you can just say c3po or someone did a little reading before they opened the door and made sure it was uh, it's safe yeah breathable. Uh, and it's thing i know these things are things that you can pick holes in you know i don't care but if 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 someone just walked outside on a ship without a suit i'd be like you know what no you're crossing the line I don't care. That's a Superman four levels of shit. Like, no, we're not doing this. No, no, that's fair. But this is this is one of those. Uh, every time I watch this, I genuinely find new things that I go, "Ooh, that that's different." You know, something there. That, oh, there's deeper meaning to that. Uh, last time I watched it, I noticed something a little lighting effect that was that, that I'd never noticed before, and I've seen this movie literally more times than I can count. And I was like, "Oh, they, it, it was like, oh, that's fantastic. I love what that did there." And it gets me. And then, of course, you have. Cloud City, you know, Luke and Vader, their their, their face off, the revelations, it, it all lands. It's so good. It's what? it's the movie I will just if I, if I don't know what to do a day off, I'm like I just want to watch a movie. This is what I'm going to put on. Well, luckily when we do the Robocop movies, uh, you can look forward to the even superior sequel by the director Evan Evan Kirshner, who directed Robocop Two. So you can look forward to that. That's right. The second Robocop is from the director of The Empire Strikes Back. I, that's fine. Kirshner's cool. Robocop <laughs> 2 is probably a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like it, but it's not like, it's not as good as the first one. The first one is fantastic. but uh, I'm not... 
obviously, obviously, we'll we'll see what you think when we get there. Anyway, so my number one. Uh, if we're finally ready to do this and end this, this has been even longer than the first part. The first part was ninety minutes. This one's uh, it just dawned on me. I think I know what this is. But get, carry get, on. it's getting dangerously yeah. close to a, a two-hour mark here. I, so, I think I might have insulted you earlier when I suggested what place this might have been at when I thought it might have been somewhere else. If it's what I think it is, my number one is Aliens. Okay, maybe not then. You thought Back to the Future Part Two was my number one? I thought might, I thought you might have thrown a curveball. I mean, I love it, but like not above the I, first I, one. I, I really thought you might have curveballed me. Did, did you think Aliens just wasn't going to appear? I, like... I, I'll be honest. I, you know that that technical issue we had just kind of scrambled my brain, and I kind of forgot everything we've just done for oh, the wow. last hour and uh, three. <laughs> so, Aliens. Which is actually what this was like the this was an early episode on Flux as well. Uh, clearly, we've done a lot of sci-fi movies in Flux uh, over the last year. Well, what, what can we say? We we like sci-fi. First one, slow, haunted house. Not actually haunted, but in the sense that it's that's how it plays as a movie. Confined yeah. space, yeah, uh, picking off people one by one. This, you know, as I said, this time it's war. You have Ripley coming in with a team of Marines, and they they go to combat, and Ripley herself. Uh, gets stronger over the movie, learns to fight, and it's all about her taking her fear and everything she's lost. And then by the end of the movie, standing up and saying, "I'm not scared of you, you assholes," and fighting back. It's all about her finding her strength. It's all about her becoming, uh, you know, a, a mother figure, uh, which is something she loses. At least if you watch the the, the proper longer cut, <laughs> if you watch the theatrical cut, then not so much. Uh, but then be the breaks. And uh, again, fantastic effects. This time you had Stan Winston doing the, the designs. Uh, maybe not as unique, but obviously it's based on Giger's work, so it has like a you know his Queen's fantastic. Uh, oh yeah, has some of the best action scenes of, of a movie. It still has horror moments. It still has there's a there's a moment. Uh, I said this in the review. I think when we did this like a year ago, but there's a moment uh, when they're getting back into the 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 oh, I can't remember what the car's called, but the the, the car. Uh, yeah. And they're shutting the door, and there's a moment where an alien jumps through the door. And I know it's coming every time, but no matter what, I always kind of jump. There's there's a few movies that get me with that. Like, you know, that centric where one's in um, The Dark Knight, you know, with the, the fake Batman swings against the window. Ah, yeah. It, there's some every time. I know it's there, but it, 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 I jump every time. It's just where it's placed. Somehow it's just offbeat enough that you, you even though you know it's coming, your body's just not quite ready for it. Cause it's, every time. Uh, it's, it's almost annoying that it gets me. It's kind of like in, in, uh, in music when you have... Uh, What's the, what's the phrase for it when you put something off beat? Syncopated. Was it syncopated? Clearly, yeah. I've forgotten a lot of my uh, a lot of my music terminology from high school. But yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, so like it's, it's kind of that where it just it doesn't matter how many times you listen to the song, but if you have one note that's off beat, it'll always kind of catch you off guard. It's, it's a nice effect if you're going for it, obviously. Uh, but it's kind of like that. But it just it plays off beat. But no, it's, it's a, I, I love everything about it. It's, it's it's uh, you've got you've got a kid who's a bit of a badass. You've got uh, the, the, again the concealed environment. You've got problem solving. Let's get power working. Let's put up defenses. Let's try and survive the night. It's just all these things in the rules, and it builds the mythology of the movie. You get a little bit more of the company that maybe is behind everything that's going on. You get a little bit more of so this is what Marines are like in this universe. Because in the first movie, all we see are these these this crew of this ship. That's all you see the whole movie, and then this movie expands it a little bit. Uh, and of course, uh, the, the most important part of the Alien franchise is that Jonesy survived and lived a nice, happy, long cat life. And that's all there is to say about that. 
I love Aliens. Aliens is kind of the the pinnacle of everything I love about uh, sci-fi and action and all that stuff rolled into one. No, so. That's fair. It's it's like I said earlier when I was talking about Aliens. I think Alien and Aliens are on par with each other as masterpieces. I kind of agree with in that. In what they're doing, and it's ultimately just which do you prefer? What what, they, what, they, what what appeals to you more? They both appeal to my sensibilities. Uh, Completely. I mean, I had them at number one and four. That is... oh, exactly. Mine were three and seven. So, you know, not far apart. So, there you go. Uh, that is our top 50 science fiction films uh, from me and Connor. Uh, hopefully, you got some recommendations in there. Hopefully, you enjoyed some of our insulting of each other. Uh, do, you, do you want a little uh, little honourable mention? Can I just, you know, just rhyme some off? Without really saying much about them, just because obviously we're already way over time here, but uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, just you know, uh, some obviously there's more Star Trek movies. I like some people are going to say, "Hey, where was Wrath of Khan? You had like three Star Trek movies, no Wrath of Khan." Look, when I rewatched them all, I think I'll appreciate that one more. I liked it quite a bit, but it wasn't my favorite from from viewing. Uh, mm. I also really like the motion picture while we're on Star Trek, just for, just for the record. But some people don't really you know don't like that, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you obviously had a bunch that I like as well that I never made it, uh, like Midnight Special, uh, the original Solaris is really good, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 78, I want to bring up Sunshine, which is a really good movie, uh, mm. Starman, really good, uh, but Cube, Inner Space, we talked about that in Influx a while ago, that's a really solid movie, um, but yeah, uh, so, and then if you want some goofier ones, uh, Night of the Comet and Time Cop for my uh, silly B-movie, but Lots of fun, honourable no, mentions. Uh, uh, you you kind of listed a bunch of the ones I would have mentioned. Uh, things I, I kind of mentioned Akira earlier. Love that. Uh, the World's End. I think because I don't really have many comedy movies on this list or comedy, you know, bent ones. Uh, but that was very close. Uh, like that Morning Galaxy Quest that we're seeing. Uh, no, just they're very on par for me. They they were mm. both kind of close, but you you obviously had Galaxy Quest. So I don't really feel the need to mention it. Um, Tron and Tron Legacy I like both of those quite a lot and then something that yeah, I know you had a few kind of romantic films that, mm. that were the sci-fi bent uh, one that was very close came in at like 52 for me was About Time which is a romantic comedy where the, uh, all the men in the family yeah. can travel back in time actually I stopped keeping track I think I, there may have been only two maybe three movies in your list that I haven't seen yeah I wasn't paying any attention I'll be honest uh, Cowboy Bebop's the only one I remember off the top of my head. Cowboy Bebop, you definitely haven't seen Tokyo Tribe. Oh yeah, two. Uh, I don't know, there might have been another. But no. Uh, so that's just interesting. That's just interesting to keep track of that. Uh, but hey, so there we go. There, there's our top 50 sci-fi movies. So hopefully you had some fun with this uh, and you enjoyed this for the journey. Of course, let us know some of your picks. Uh, give us your own list in the, the comments. Let us know what you think of our picks. Uh, in a nice way. <laughs> Please. It's fine. You, you, can, you can tell us that we're, we're both wrong for having the Terminator above Terminator 2. We, 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 we're used to it. You can tell Corey's wrong for a lot of things, honestly. Uh, I'll, I'll approve most of it. Uh, but yeah, let us know what your, your picks are in the comments like subscribe uh, get us on patreon.com at mailfuzz uh, at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv uh, we've been recording both of these back to back it's, it's really late and I didn't notice until until I had that technical fault and then I was like oh, my brain kind of fried once I realised mm. the time yeah yeah it's, it's very late uh, so yeah get us on patreon 
Uh, you get you get you know, voting rights, of course. Uh, we've got video game movies up for the vote for our patrons to vote on this month, and then of course we also uh, have the the vault, which is a sort of to do list of films that where our patrons submit the films that add on to the list. Everyone can look at the list. The links in the description. You can see what's on there. Every so often we'll pick one off and we'll do it. Uh, but to submit one, you have to be a patron. So that's uh, that's that. Uh, so check that stuff out. Uh, otherwise, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. And that is us. So it's been a very long night. Hopefully you've had fun with us. We are probably going to go... Well, I'm going to go eat. I Me think too. Before anything else, because it's been a while since I've eaten. Eat, then sleep, basically. Eat, then sleep is largely the thing. Oh, maybe some editing. I've got editing to do. Ha. Shut up. This has been 121 in the flux. It has been our... What will now be quarterly countdown list specials. Uh, so hopefully you had fun. And by all means, uh, suggest other countdowns we could do. Uh, obviously, other genres and other decades, like the ones we've done, are obvious things we're going to probably hit at some point. But if you've got, got wackier ones, funner ones, uh, by all means hit them. And yes, one day, we're sort of saving it for a special occasion, but there will be a top 100 movies of all time at yeah, some point. Yeah, I think we want to get through enough of these smaller ones, because every time we do these, we kind of chip away at a few of the extra movies that we plan to watch for yeah, that. Yeah. So that by the time we get to doing that top 100, it'll be... Yeah. special and we don't know what we're doing and um, when we hit like the april one we actually haven't decided yet so obviously it's, no it's far it's far enough in advance that we can we can take thought. suggestions at this point yeah yeah uh but yeah so thank you very much for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies and we'll see you next time <laughs>